And now, introducing the man who has brought a lacrosse stick to his son's lacrosse practice and played air guitar on the sideline. The man who's been heard listening to his earlier shows to reminisce about a time when Maryland hadn't yet lost the national championship, and then was later seen dipping his head in the chocolate fountain at Golden Corral for comfort until the manager kicked him out. He is Glenn Clark. Yeah, you do have to turn. Ooh, hello. I'm fresh. A L- little I'm bit high. A little bit high. Death. You were real low, so I turned you up real loud. Ooh, so uh, I don't think I don't think we need that much. Uh, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. All right. Hi. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. Zach Goodman from the Bad Around. And again today for Kyle. Uh, Zach, I suffer from uh, seasonal allergies. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's I do this, too. Do you have this trouble? Yes. So uh, it started coming on earlier this week, and. You know, like I, I, I get that it happens. The weather was wonky this weekend. The air was weird. You know, there was a lot going on, and so at first, I literally thought when I had a sore throat on Tuesday morning, I legitimately believed, and I talked to Paul about this. I just thought it was because I spent, I was, I was home for three days with the kids, and with the weather being bad, we were stuck inside for a good bit of it, and I was yelling at them a lot. I've got a <laughs> six-year-old and three-year-old. Believe it or not, they don't. I got two boys. They don't behave all that well. So there was a lot of yelling, and I thought on Tuesday morning, like when I woke up with a sore throat, I said, oh, it's because I spent all weekend yelling at the kids. Like, come on, let's go, like a lot of that sort of stuff. So I said, that's all it, all it is, no problem, it'll pass by tomorrow. And then I woke up on Wednesday, and I still felt a little bit, like, like my, my, my throat was a little scratchy, and I'm like, huh, I thought this would have been gone by now, but eh, whatever, no big deal. And then this morning... I woke up. No, actually, it, it kind of dawned on me as I was driving home. As I was driving home yesterday, I nearly fell asleep. I, at one point, no joke, damn near ran a red light. Like, my, because I, I don't know how you are with allergies. I just get spacey. Like, I'm not even yeah, there. It's, it's not the best. I mean, it and certainly so affects me in multiple ways. I, I woke up this morning. And I, by the way, I did something very dangerous for a man uh, with, with six and three year old children to do. I attempted to get eight hours of sleep last night. I was in bed early. And I woke up this morning like, I'm going to be ready to go. I'm going to face the world. I took some allergy meds last night. Like, I'm, I, let's do this thing. And I woke up the day like an effing truck had hit me. Like, I couldn't move. I was paralyzed. That doesn't make for a great two-hour show. No, not <laughs> ideal. Not ideal at all. Definitely well, was, not ideal. It was worse than that, right? Like, my morning routine. I, so my, the first thing I do every morning... Ever since I, you you don't know this, but I used to be a, a, a rather unfortunately shaped man. I uh, I was a bit bigger, and uh, I I battled that uh, for a good part of my life. So the first thing I do every morning is I get up to do a hundred crunches. Right, like that's how I get my day going. Is I get up to a hundred crunches today. That is commitment. Today, I got up and laid on the floor for about <laughs> ten minutes, just trying to get my life together. Like I looked around, I'm like. What the hell is going on? And this, for people that don't deal with this, and by the way, everybody deals with their own thing. I'm not trying to like uh, suggest that I deserve extra sympathy or something along those lines. Everybody's got their own thing on the list of things to deal with. Seasonal allergies certainly are very low. There are far worse conditions to be dealing with. Um, but I laid on the floor for like 10 minutes just trying to move because your brain, it's just, I don't know how to explain it, there is just a fog. It's like a pressure almost. Yeah, that just sort of comes yeah. over you that incapacitates you. And so I sat there and I said, this is a problem, man. <laughs> like, this, this is a problem. is not the way the day is supposed to go. 
And so I finally got around to doing I don't like and this is where you start getting to the point where you don't even remember these things. And I got eight hours of sleep last night, which when you have a six and three year old child, might as well be forty. Like it's the most sleep yeah. you're ever going to get in your life. I say I got eight hours of sleep. I was in bed for eight hours. I don't didn't get all eight hours of sleep, but I was in a bed for eight hours last night, which is about double what I'm used to as uh, the father of young children. I'm hoping that one day sleep will return to my life, but I'm I've been warned that may or may not actually come. So I just lay there on the floor. I finish doing the crunches and I can't get up off the floor. I mean, I'm just I'm not there. My my head has not joined the rest of my body yet. H- has it joined it now? I'm not certain. Okay. Th- this is the thing. <laughs> I after, guess we'll find out. After my experience yesterday driving home, I didn't want to immediately get into a car because it's like, you know, you don't want to drunk drive. You don't want to you don't want to put yourself behind the wheel of a vehicle. When you're not fully there, I'm like, I need some time to to allow myself to join myself. <sighs> didn't come for a little while. So I didn't get out the door until about 9.15 this morning. I mean, I legitimately was just trying to. There was a moment where I was like, maybe it ain't happening today. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> we, we, are, we are here now. We are here now. We're here. I didn't, I didn't uh, cause any problems. I wasn't in an accident or anything along those lines. Um, but it has been a morning, to say the least, and so I apologize in advance for what I'm dealing with because my face feels very heavy. I mean, my face just, every time I have allergies, which is basically from, like, you know, March to July somewhat. Okay, I deal, it, I de- it's just whenever the air pressure changes. Whenever okay. the air pressure changes, it hits me like a ton of effing bricks, man. I mean, my face, just the whole thing itches in every oh. single place you can imagine, oh. and oh. it's brutal. It, I, it's not like, and I have the brain fog that you're talking about, too, some days. It just depends on the day. Um, and then when you lay down, the, all the, you know, everything goes to your head, and you can feel that pressure in your head. It's just brutal. It's Dude, brutal. it ain't fun. I know that much. So, hi, hi. Maybe I'll say something really crazy today. Maybe this will be the day where I really let you know how I feel. Uh, It is Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show brought to you by Window Nation, where they have an amazing deal for you right now. Get 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for nearly four months. They said for nearly four months. This is what I'm talking about. For nearly four months. No, it's for 24 months. (laughs) This is the brain thing that's going on today, man. I've got, I've got, a, being, becoming a father has impacted my brain in a lot of ways. Like, it's, I don't doubt it. There's, I don't there's doubt a lot it. going on there, but this is different than that. This is, I'm not, the, the allergies are making me. You're only like half mentally here, is what you're trying to say. Why don't I try this one more time? Hi, Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. You know me from uh, the internet radio. You might remember me from the real radio once upon a time. I basically stopped doing all of that. Although, in fairness, so did everybody else. There's no real radio anyway. Um, but here's the deal. Window Nation has a spectacular offer from you. You might have heard about it from the internet radio's Glenn Clark. He might have told you that right now you can get 50% off all styles of windows. Every single one. And on top of that, you put no money down. You make no payments. You pay no interest for... 24 months not nearly which four is months. six times as long as nearly four months 24 sure months is. two full years 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit coming up on the program today rob vaughn maryland baseball coach is going to join us they are back in the ncaa tournament uh down in north carolina tomorrow they take on charlotte in uh, the opener uh, i believe it's east carolina and so who's the other one? Norfolk State 
are the other teams in their regional. So that gets underway tomorrow. Win or lose, they play again on Saturday. Uh, Maryland a three-seed in the regional. I think a lot of people thought they would end up being a two-seed after they finished uh, in second place in the Big Ten this year, but we'll talk to Rob Vaughn about all of that. Also, a little bit later on in the program, we're going to head to Bowie. We do it every week. We chat with one of the prospects in the Orioles system. This week, Taryn Vavra, who, of course, came over last year. Which trade was it that he That came was the Michael with? Givens trade. That was the Michael Givens. It was him and uh, Tyler Nevin that Nevin, came over right. in that yep. deal. Uh, Vavra, second baseman, and um, someone that, again, there were a lot of people that were very high on this trade, not as if Vavra and Nevin were, like, world beaters as far as prospects mm-hmm. were concerned, but it sort of seemed like a... Um, a sneaky good acquisition for a guy that you no longer had. First of all, there were other issues related to Michael <laughs> Givens that, yes. that were a little bit... Uh, uh, he was an unlikable fella for a few reasons. Yes. And so combine that with the fact that clearly he wasn't doing anything for you. It seemed like a pretty good trade, the type of trade that you'd like to make. We'll talk to Taryn Vavra, who's off to a very good start uh, yes. with the Bay Sox this season. Speaking of which, who is the dude that hit the 500-foot home run yesterday? So that was Robert Newstrom. Who is? Um, I don't even know who that is. Yeah, so he was drafted, I want to say, fourth round. And you just stole my tidbit, by the way. I had, really? I had a tidbit about this. I'll still talk about it. Yeah, you can save um, it. But Newstrom, yeah, I believe he was fourth round 2019. 2019? Yes. Um, Man. Massive power that guy has. Left, Why have gi- we not heard about him? Giant left-handed swing. Has he? Was it just because I, the, there I, was no baseball last year? So that- I kind of remember him struggling a bit at Aberdeen when he first, uh, as most you know guys at a college do in their first couple months at, a, at yeah. an affiliate. You know they, they play a whole college season and then they're expected to perform at an affiliate for two months. It's kind of tough right after a draft, but he's coming. You know this year tearing the cover off the ball um, as many of the Orioles prospects are. It's not well, only I him. I mean, Bowie's the. I mean, it's unbelievable. Look at Gunnar like Henderson that. another home run last night. Yeah, I saw that. This I saw that. <laughs> Grayson <laughs> Rodriguez and, made his first yes. uh, double A start last night. Pitched well. He only he only went like five. Five. Right? Yes. Yeah. But he pitched well. Eight strikeouts and five. Yeah. Not too bad at all. Gave like up that. Gave up one earned. Um, that yeah, seemed, that bum. That, yeah, Get so, rid of him. That that is giving up a run. That is another start for Grayson Rodriguez where he has. Hasn't given up any more than one run, and that's been every start this year for him so far. So, Look, I I don't I don't know everything, I don't know everything, but that sounds good. Yes, it yeah. is extremely good. Um, I believe his ERA is still well under two, um, which is obviously fantastic. And. Look, I mean, Grayson, he, he always has had a little bit of trouble this year with, with that first inning. It seems like he's comes out with the command a little bit off. I saw him in okay. Wilmington in his first game, his opening start. Uh, his command was terrible in the first inning, and then he found it every, you know, the whole game. He, he As soon as he came out in the second inning, um, he was able to kind of resurrect his command, and he pitched great. And, uh, he's been great ever since. And Right. So, And that seems like what it's been for Grayson, a lot of first inning runs, and then pitches great for the rest of the game. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. Well, I mean, you say a lot. <laughs> Hang on a second, though. It's not been a one, lot. One. Yeah. Is, one is, for yeah, Grayson Rodriguez, one is a lot right. if because he's a, that if good. If it was a lot, that would be a problem. If Correct. it was really yes. a lot, Correct. we'd have an issue. Not a lot. Hands. Yes, it's not a lot. It's just that he's given up. That's the only time that he's been at all vulnerable. Let's see if we can't fix that and keep all the other results, shall we? <laughs> exactly. Be a big fan of that. All right, so yeah, Taryn Vavra is going to join us later on in the program as well. Uh, I want to start today. I want to have a conversation about uh, Mike Shashevsky. And I don't know. Are you a college basketball guy at all? Zach? I mean, I watched the the March Madness and everything. I think I was on here one time. Uh, I think it was when I was training in March when we were talking about March Madness, yep. and I I informed you I had pretty much no clue what was going yeah, on. That's not a great sign. Um, <laughs> not great. So and also because of your age, this this doesn't this doesn't hit you the same way that it hits a lot of Maryland basketball yeah. fans, because there has like in in, in your life the last time Maryland and, and Duke were playing meaningful basketball games, I think you were two. 
Um, something like something that. Along, I mean, not really two, but close. Not that far off. Um, Mike Shashevsky's retirement covers a lot of ground for Maryland basketball fans. Um, oh, you know what? Uh, Paul from Movielando quickly says, I got, I'm glad I got the uh, MILB subscription. Been pretty awesome to surf through Bowie, Aberdeen, and Delmarva games. Yes. Last night was my first time watching Grayson Rodriguez. Wow, he made a lot of batters look bad. The radar gun at Hartford was clocking him at 99 to 100. Very excited. Can't complain very about that. Very excited. Very excited. Hey, and the Orioles won too. Um, so there's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot to unpack with Mike Krzyzewski. And, and I say that as, you know, I, I, we all, for, for whatever reason, we, we all think we need to, to tweet something whenever anything happens. It's just sort of the nature of who we are. We think that what we say, I have, I'm, I'm getting better about that. And somebody would say, well, no, actually, you're the person that should be doing it because you're supposed to be building a brand and all that. I, I just realized there's plenty of times where what I say is completely irrelevant. Who cares what I have to say? And I also do a show every day. And if you if you want to hear what I think about it, you can come watch or listen to the show. Um, but I, I was thinking about a tweet, you know, after the, the word came out yesterday that Mike Krzyzewski was going to retire uh, following this coming season. And what I was going to send was going to say something along the lines of, boy, Mike Krzyzewski sure won a lot of basketball games. <laughs> well, that would be true. And I was going to do that because of exactly, you know, the sort of the reaction that you gave is the one that I was looking for, which is, boy, that, that really seems like a, a small part of the story, right? In the world where there are so many people that want to tell, say these glowing things about Mike Krzyzewski and what a, what a mammoth and what a titan he was in college basketball, we admittedly have some other feelings about Mike Krzyzewski. And some of it is the nature of we just hated Duke, right? Like, and that we have to acknowledge that. My think tank question today, and I do this every now and then, how do we talk to our kids about Mike Krzyzewski, right? And what I'm really asking is, for Maryland basketball fans, and particularly for people of a certain age, how do we encompass all of it? How much we hated Duke, but yet they kept winning, and frankly, what a weasel the guy was. And that's the (laughs) part that, they're not going to do today on ESPN. They're not going to do it in a lot of places. There'll be plenty of places that will. You know, they'll, they'll probably do that. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not a big, I, I don't know who does the barstool. I don't know where they would talk about it. I don't know if that's it. There are places where they'll go into some of that. But it won't be on ESPN and it won't be in the major, you know, print publications. But that part of him exists. The part, you know, the things that we always come up with, the, you know, when he had his worst team, he feigned this back injury so he wouldn't have to put more losses on his record. The thinking that he always had to go out of his way to chide to people and tell them the right way of doing things, thinking that he was bigger than the game, the fight that he put up for some time against players profiting and how awful it was, the one-and-dones in college basketball, only to suddenly realize oh, crap, if I want to keep winning, I have to do the same thing, and utterly changing his tune about it. There was a lot of weasel in Mike Krzyzewski, which doesn't change that the guy won four national titles, and that's remarkable, right? Like, I'm not trying to suggest in any way that Mike Krzyzewski wasn't a great basketball coach. He certainly was. He had inherent advantages as the year has gone on, and it's why it was so lame that the Duke athletic director was trying to fight against name image likeness and hide behind the excuse of, well, it could create recruiting advantages, as if Duke basketball wasn't a living, <laughs> yeah. walking yeah. recruiting advantage. 
there is a lot there. And it hits every. If you're a Duke basketball fan, you'll pretend like the weasel side of it didn't exist. You'll, you'll suggest that Mike Krzyzewski legitimately walked on water, was the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of sport, and anybody who says even a, dis- a, 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 a minutely disparaging comment about him is just a, you're just a hater, man. You're just, oh, typical Maryland fans, you're just haters, as if it's just man. The reason why I end the show every day by saying Duke sucks isn't because I'm a Maryland fan. It's because years ago we realized it was an American rallying cry. It was something that everyone except a very small group of people that happened to be Duke basketball fans could get behind. Everyone enjoyed watching Duke lose. Everyone loved seeing it. And so it was something that I could say that people could get a little chuckle out of the first time that they heard it, and yet everyone could embrace it. It was so easy to hate Duke for no, any number of reasons. It has nothing to do with the fact that I also happened to have gone to Maryland and was a Maryland fan and all that. Now, all that's true, and there was a time where Maryland and Duke were playing a lot of really relevant basketball games, and you know, uh, clearly Maryland was not able to sustain that success as the years went on. Duke uh, obviously was able to sustain. sustain, sustain. Ugh. Brain, man. Brain. <laughs> Um, so I want to cover all of that. How do we talk to our kids about Mike Shashevsky? Well, it's like the Patriots and Bill Belichick, right? I mean, nobody, as a Ravens fan, nobody really likes Bill Belichick, but you've got to accept his greatness. But it's easier for people to talk about the other side of Bill Belichick than it is to talk about it with Mike Shashevsky. Mike yeah, I mean... My God, man, what is going on? <laughs> Mike Shashevsky, because it's, it's more uh, obvious or it's more... Uh, it, it's there's less gray area there, right? Like we know that he really was involved with things. Sure, that, Bill, Bill Belichick hasn't done these things that we know of. What do you mean? I you, mean, you're talking about the different things, the different ways he would get out of of losses, stuff like that. With with you know, oh, Coach Mike K. Shesky, but, well, we do, I mean, like that that one. Somebody could say, well, the guy really did have a back injury. I'm, I'm sure that's the case. May, yeah, if, right. If that was a, a good Duke basketball team, he's not leaving his team. If that was a team that had a chance to win something, yes. he's not walking away from his team midway through the season. It well, would well, never you, happen. you said the weasel qualities. I don't think Bill Belichick has those same things. Well, so there is a different Bill conversation Belichick, here, it's a, for it's sure. A, it's a dark arts thing. It's a, <laughs> you know, there's a reason yeah. why... Um, you know, he's 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 the you know he's been on the dark side. He's been uh, compared, um, uh, you know, to 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 supervillains because it's the I'll do anything to win, even if it's not really fully within the. I, I'll know the rule book better than you do, and I'll I'll find gray areas, but I'll also be willing to go a little bit past that if necessary in order to make sure I win. And so, the, when the Bill Belichick conversation happens, while you acknowledge again historically great coach it's yes. you're more inclined to bring up some of the other things yeah but you know he was filming practices and <laughs> legitimately even after being busted for it once he did it again and you know nobody really knows exactly all the nature of the, the football the deflated <laughs> balls the deflated but, balls. It, but it existed it's it's easier yes. he was legitimately punished for things um, so it's easy to bring those things up. With Mike Krzyzewski, people are more inclined to not mention it because there's this aura related to mm-hmm. Duke basketball. There's this aura related to Mike Krzyzewski, and in an, in an era of media that's been defined by access, he doesn't, even the people he likes, he doesn't like giving access to. He wouldn't do his own 
in-game interviews, the smallest part of promoting the sport, Duke's playing North Carolina and going in the locker room, you grab the, you have the sideline reporter, grab the coach, talk to He would send an effing assistant coach. And he would do it in the name of, well, I'm trying to promote them. As if anybody on the planet gave a rat's ass what John Shire, now he's, they're going to now because he's going to be the next basketball coach, but as if anybody on the planet gave a rat's ass about what any of them had to say. It was this holier-than-thou, I don't have to do this because I'm Mike Krzyzewski, and I'm more important than Mark Turgeon. I mean, he, for the record, he is. Um, than yes. Brad Brownell, yeah. than jo- I'm more important than them, so I don't have to do these things. That part of him is real. It's not, I'm a hater. It's not, I'm a Maryland mm-hmm. basketball fan, so I'm making things up. That part of him is real. It does not nullify that his team was always good. Everybody knows his team was always good, for the most part. Sure, I mean, it's a person who you this can accept his greatness and not have to like him as a person. I mean, I think that's exactly what you're trying to say, and there are a lot of people who would agree with you. Um, like you said, you know, 99% of people, except the, the small amount of people who are Duke basketball fans, would probably agree with you. And, I, and, and, and to some extent, for, let me get to a few responses. We're talking about Mike Krzyzewski this morning. Um, from John in Little Rock, he was a gigantic fraud and a hypocrite. I find it <laughs> ironic he is retiring as we're on the cusp of name-image likeness about to be real. For what it's worth, Mike Krzyzewski did... Uh, I, I was forced to give him credit for this. I got into a fight the night of the the semi the Ohio State-Clemson semifinal. I was on Twitter trashing um, Dabo Sweeney because he's a garbage human being. And I had a certain group of people that were really coming after me that are, that are just big Dabo Sweeney fans. That, that could not fathom why it was that I felt so strongly about Dabo Sweeney. And I said at the end of the day, the biggest issue for me is his fight against name, image, likeness. He's garbage. It's, it's a garbage thing. Trying to fight, trying to profiting so richly off of these, these athletes, and Dabo Sweeney has made, he is a very wealthy man because of them, and yet fighting against them being able to profit themselves makes you inherently evil. I mean, you're evil if that's what you're doing. There's no way around it. There's no gray area. You're not smarter than everyone else. If you're willing to become a wealthy individual because of unpaid employees, and yet you're not willing to step up and say, I think they should have the opportunity to profit themselves, you're an evil person. So someone in particular that was like was fighting with me was like, well, do you think Mike Shashevsky's garbage too? And I said, well, I don't like Mike Shashevsky. I don't make that very clear. But of late, he has changed his tune when it's come to NIL. When it's come to name, image, and likeness, Mike Shashevsky had been more supportive of the idea. Not perfect. Like, it's still not great. But he became more... I probably is noticing that it was going to happen, like that he wasn't, at, at the end of the day, despite the fact that he thought that he wielded power over everything in college athletics, he realized that he was going to lose this one, and so he decided he needed to get on the right side. Um, and so he sort of came around as the years came on, and I can't discredit him for that. I have to, get, I have to acknowledge that that was the case. So I don't know, you know, tying it directly to, Oh, he's bailing because now he's got to deal with NIL. I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think he's bailing because he's 75 years old. Sure. 
then like I I think I mean he's done everything in his career he could possibly hope for. Well, you know he, he's coached Olympic teams. He's led Duke to how many you know national or, championships. Yeah. So yeah. I mean what else does he have really to achieve in his career? And he like you said he's seventy five years old. He's done everything he can. Yeah. From uh from Tom Tom says. Uh, Glenn, as far as Coach K is concerned, I don't, I don't like, I don't like Coach K. Coach K is the, w- it's just that. the easiest way to say it because I, that last name I, is I so impossible. I, I, I don't do it. I hate that. I hate that bit. I hate Coach K. I hate all that. The guy has a name. Call him by his name. Like this thing. It also speaks to me of like the guy's so important that that he just, aura. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, the thing about Coach K for me is that while I respect the fact that he won a lot of basketball games. I also think he took advantage of a system that was set up for him based on his early success. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, but the, you can't discredit his early. I, if you're trying to get me to discredit his success, I'm not going to do that. I don't like Mike Krzyzewski, but I won't discredit the man's success. He's been a very successful basketball coach. Unbelievably Un- successful. Incredibly yes. successful. I will not discredit his success in any way. Were, was Was the game set up for him? What did the... The national media attention that came along from ESPN benefit him more significantly than it benefited a lot of other people? Of course it did. But what, what are you supposed to do? Hide from it? Like, what, was, was he supposed to... Um, I mean, when you're Duke, you're suppo- going to get that was supposed attention. to say, no, I don't, I don't want my games to be... I don't want yeah. to get all this. Like, I, I, I can't be mad at a guy because he was successful enough for media to fixate on him and him say, oh, I can play them like a fiddle in order to make my program more valuable, in order for players to want to be here and to say, I'm, gonna, I'm going to achieve more. I mean, I, that, anything related to his success, I'm not going to knock, other than when he hid from taking more losses on his record because you know, he, he, he hid behind a back injury. I mean, that was, that was lame, and you can't, get it, you, can't, you can't get around that. But as far as the actual success is concerned... That's where that's trying to knock that or pretend like he wasn't deserving of it or he wasn't really as that's I can't I can't join you there. We we can't do that. Mike Krzyzewski was an incredibly or and he still is. He's still going to have one more year. An incredibly successful basketball coach. Come on, man. We, we, you don't have to like him. And the other stuff. This is why I want to have this conversation. The other stuff is true. But, dude, <laughs> like get over yourself. Guy won a lot of basketball games. We can't change that. Um, the transfer portal question, Paul and Dan both bring up: Is he is he bailing now because of the transfer portal thing? I don't, I don't. I, again, this is where I don't pay enough attention. I just don't know. Did it, did he probably rail against the transfer portal? Uh, almost no doubt that he has railed over the years about um, you know the the issues related to the transfer portal. Um, is that the reason why he's retiring? I don't. Again, I. He's 75. Does, yeah. does he like the transfer portal? Of course not. No basketball coaches do. I don't care. I want the system to be as equitable as it possibly can for the players. The, the coaches, for the most part, are quite wealthy. Not all of them. At the lower levels, they're not. And so those people... Like this story last week about mid-major coaches not wanting to schedule games against Blue Blood programs because they're afraid that these blue blood coaches are going to get to watch these these players up front and then recruit them out of the transfer portal that's insane i i i get that it makes the job more difficult certainly have no sympathy for mike shashevsky in that process zero none i think there was word this week that he was looking to bring in daryl morsell i mean if you got an issue with the transfer portal why come on man like yeah. pretty hypocritical to both yeah. 
use the transfer portal and then bitch about it. <laughs> like, Chief, I mean, I, you know, I, I have no sympathy there. Did he like it? No, pretty clear he didn't, but the college coaches are going to have to get used to that. In my world, I, I still have problems with the players aren't allowed to transfer in any situation. The, the, any time a player isn't allowed to just transfer and play immediately, I, you're not paying them. They don't have a contract with you. This, this bit about, the, well, I think there should be value for the scholarship. Th- there is. If they're at your school. If they don't want to be at, I, as a student, went to UMBC. And when I decided I wanted to be at another school, you know what I did? I just went to another school. <laughs> right. That's the way it works. A- anyone else can just do it. We need to penalize athletes for some reason. It's it's insane. So yeah, I mean the college the transfer portal thing. And by the way, it is all part of it. That's that's not there's no doubt. Uh, Matt, he was an incredible college basketball coach and a gold medal winning USA Olympic basketball coach, but mm-hmm. also Duke sucks. I mean that's pretty much the, the the basis of your entire argument. But, yes. but that's more but that's more of the hater side of it. That's <laughs> that's like we got it. That's yeah, not I mean, yeah. that 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 leaves out the he was also a weasel. And that's the part that I'm not I, I'm not escaping from. The dude was also a weasel. He was a weasel. Now, somebody might say that's the nature of being if you want to be successful in much of any business, you have to have a percentage of weasel in you. There to are not to a, a point, of, but there are a lot of people who who make it and don't. So, you know, they, they don't have well, there, to I, I think the point that a lot of people would say is there's there are very few truly good people that have great success in any business because most business tends to be cutthroat and you have to be competitive and your ability to just be a good person is is lessened because you've got to go compete. By the way, uh, today's show also brought to you by a friend. Oh, you know, today's show also brought to you by Tucker Fest coming up June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. Tucker Fest will not only be a free family fun event with live music from Joey Harcum, Dave Teef, as well as the Cornhole Tournament. Um, live broadcast, dunk tank, Jeremy Kahn's getting in the dunk tank, food trucks, and more. But you can also meet the greatest kicker of all time, Justin Tucker. He'll be there. You can get your picture and autograph tickets right now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. It's just 50 bucks. Um, you might say, hey, that seems like a lot. That money's going to the Brigantz Brigade. You're making a donation to the Brigantz Brigade, and you get to meet Justin Tucker for your troubles. It's a pretty, it's a win-win. By the way, Bill Belichick also called Justin Tucker the greatest kicker of all time. There you go. There you go. Uh, he's not now. He's not evil. I take it all. <laughs> right. Um. Uh, but anyway, uh, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com with the number eight. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com to get your tickets for Tucker Fest on June twenty seventh. Um. You know that, that that somebody would say that that's just the way it works. If you want to be truly great at anything, you have to have an amount of weasel in you. Like not no one who is truly great. It turns out uh, uh, Bill Gates, bit of a weasel. Maybe not the best guy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. A weasel might be saying it kindly if, yeah. if some of the, the, sure. the allegations sure. that we've heard are true. Mark They're, Zuckerberg. I mean, we could go on and th- on. Th- you, might, you might say that's the nature. The nature of greatness also has to include amount of weasel. If you're just trying to be a good person who always does the right thing, it's going to limit your ability to be truly great in whatever field you go into. Somebody would say, it seems like it shouldn't have to be that way, but there's probably enough evidence that suggests that's the case. But I don't, I don't dismiss that. It, it's all part of the story to me. Just to say, he was a great basketball coach and I hate him. No, he was a great basketball coach and he was a weasel and I hated him. But I can say all three things. 
he, he was a great basketball coach. There's no doubt about that. Does being a basketball coach alone define someone as a human? No. No, no one no. alone is defined by what it is they achieve professionally. It might be why they became so significant or why they matter the most. And maybe Mike Krzyzewski's weaselness or weasel what, what I don't even know what the weaselness the, sounds good the adjective good. form then we guess weaselness is, would be a noun <laughs> weasel weasel weaselry maybe Mike Krzyzewski's weaselry is outweighed by his philanthropy I, I don't know enough about Mike Krzyzewski's film maybe he has been so truly giving and maybe secretly he has been uh, bringing sick kids to Duke basketball practices for years. Something I don't know. I can't speak to that. He founded a nonprofit in 2006. I well, just uh, looked somebody, it up. <laughs> somebody might say, "Well, yeah, he makes enough money that he has to, right? Like you, it's a it's a tax shield, right?" I don't I don't know enough about Mike Shashevsky and him maybe being a nice guy. I I never really heard a whole lot about that. There was never if if that was a lot of times when that's happening significantly. It'll come out. You'll you'll find out those stories. Sure. That down deep, he was an unbelievable human. I haven't really heard that about Mike Shashevsky over the years. Uh, Paul wants to know if I think John Shire is a dead man walking as a coach following a legend. I don't know. I mean, there there are inherent advantages to being the basketball coach at Duke. John Shire, you know, we we thought of him as such a goof as a basketball player because he just looked like an like an an idiot. I mean, he made all those silly faces. He was he would they. He was the example of a guy they pretended to be better than he really was because he was a Duke basketball player. Kyle Singler, turns out, was a great basketball player. John Shire never was, but he was treated like he was because that was the aura of Duke. The aura of Duke was when you were that guy. It's so hilarious to me that Grayson Allen, who was not a great basketball player in any way, is is still getting minutes for the best team in the NBA. Or not, no, against the best team in the NBA. Um it's crazy to me that that guy managed to last. And look, to J.J. Reddick's credit, who was the epitome of a guy who was treated as being... J.J. Reddick did one thing really well. He he made shots. Yeah, three-pointers. Three yeah, he was not a great basketball player in any way, but that he proved to be so good at. And he's improved as a basketball player as a whole as a pro. Yes. Here he is still to this day a relevant basketball player, which I, I certainly would have bet against at that point. Um, but with John Shire, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess the first answer is I don't really care, right? Like, and I mean that. But look, I mean, when Duke is such a recruiting powerhouse and they're going to get so many ridiculously good players, how can you almost screw that up as a coach? You almost can't make them be bad. Well, there is a question of Duke was not Duke before Mike Shashevsky got there. Duke was fair irrelevant. enough. Fair enough. Like th- there really is a question as to was it really about Duke or was it really about Mike Shashevsky? I remember having this feeling when. Um, I remember doing the show the day that Ray Lewis retired, and I remember saying, like, there is this aura that we've had in Baltimore that the Ravens mattered, and they mattered more than 80 to 90% of NFL franchises. And while, I'm, you know, at the time, I'm sure there were moments where it was fun to be the, you know, pre-Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks, the Ravens mattered more than that because they just did. They, they always were playing in relevant games. And I said the day that, that Ray Lewis retired, I said, I'm worried that what we're going to find out, it was, it was never really about the Ravens as much as it was about the presence of Ray Lewis, that the Ravens mattered because Ray Lewis was there. Now, as it turns out, the Ravens have found sort of this renaissance with Lamar Jackson, and that's continued. But for a few years after 2014, you worried that that... that Not a great football team. But that really was, I mean, they were trending towards firing a coach. It was, yeah. it was a bit of a mess, and you worried that was the case. I don't know if Duke basketball really is Duke basketball or if they really are just Mike Krzyzewski. And that as Mike Krzyzewski goes, they're going to retreat back to not being 
Duke basketball doesn't really matter as much as Mike Krzyzewski mattered. I have no idea how good of a coach John Shire is. I know that every other assistant that's come from under the Mike Krzyzewski tree has failed. They've, they've all been, you know, every now and then they might have fleeting success, but the Tommy Amakers of the world, the, the Wojciechowskis, the uh, Chris Collins, none of them have succeeded. There has been no success for a Mike Krzyzewski assistant. If there was, that would probably be the guy that would be getting the job. Instead, they're turning internal to the guy that hasn't failed yet because they can't go hire the failures to come back and be the basketball coach. So they're turning it over to the guy that hasn't failed yet. Maybe, maybe just being the coach at Duke is infallible. Maybe, maybe you can't screw it up. But I don't know that either. I don't know that either. Continue to get me your responses. Oh, boy. At, uh, at Glenn Clark Radio. Continue to uh, check in to tell me how it is. How do, how do we talk to our kids about Mike Krzyzewski, the entirety of it? Not just the part that they're going to talk about on ESPN or the part that um, Duke fans. And I think it's about. fair to say that when any person retires, that they're always going to be put in a, oh, you know, a very great be light. Celebrated, it. right? So for the most part. I mean, like some people will be, you know, they'll be treated. They were complicated the whole deal. Yeah, yeah. But but it's not. This doesn't. If a year ago they were talking about Mike Shashevsky on ESPN, they weren't talking about him being a weasel. Like it, for sure. There are places where they just won't include that part of the conversation. They just won't do sure, it. Sure. I mean, they want to run their own narrative out there. They don't want to run multiple different narratives that, that you know, are going to make people not like him. I mean, correct. sure. They're going to run the thing out that, they're, that they're, he's well, a winner. They're, they're protecting they, the brand, too. Correct. Because the yeah. brand has been beneficial for them. They are protecting the brand, the, the people that, that, that help them profit. They're going to protect those people, too. Yes. So there's no doubt about it. All right, um, continue to get me those responses. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We'll talk about them as the day goes on. Uh, you, you know, the Orioles won last night, so, so two in a row. They call sure did. A, call that a win streak. Nice little uh, three-run homer party. Big fan of that. Uh, big fan of Ryan Mountcastle with the big bop. I like all those things. You had to figure I, that. I, I still that, don't think it matters. I mean, I still say all the same things, that I, <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't care about the results. Ryan Mountcastle hitting yes. that home run as opposed to a guy like Michael Franco. 100%. Hitting that home run is much more 100 important. That, those are the things that matter to me. The results yes. do not. Individual performances, but, always. But the, the, the guys that could matter doing things that could be helpful, yes. that part I'm on board with. If they have turned around and lost the game 10-6, I wouldn't have cared. And I also think it's wouldn't important for the trade candidates to have as good of, of seasons as possible because look at I mean, look at Taryn Vavra, you know, coming back from Michael Gibbons and being an impact yep. player immediately, a Kyle Bradish. I mean, you can go on and on. So you also want to root for the, the trade candidates like a like a Freddie Galvis to do well. Well, I don't know how much I don't I I think Freddie Galvis is a guy that you can deal, but you're not getting it. You're not going to get much. Not, sure. I don't, I don't I, you know, Freddie Galvis was available for anybody yeah. to have. Nobody they, wanted him. I mean, like, look, they, they, two years they, ago, they got a player to be named later for a 4.1 war John, uh, Jonathan VR. So if you look at that, you're I, probably I, not going to get a time. I, I don't think you're getting it. I, and when I say, is there a team that would take him off your hands because they have a really specific circumstance? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe there is, but not for something that's going to, you know, it's, it's for – we here's here's a body. If you want a body, we'll give you a body. That's what we got for you. We're not we're not actually giving you something for Freddie Galvis. But and this is this is the awkward part when we have these conversations. There are guys that are are actual. There's one real trade chip on this roster. There's we want to pretend that Trey Mancini is. He's not. He you can get something for Trey Mancini. But as we said a million times, Trey Mancini's redundant. We love him. 
in any other place, he's a guy they already have. Everybody's yes. got a corner, a bat the, first corner outfielder. Right. They've all got that guy. Yes. Um, nobody is is desperately seeking Trey Mancini to pay you something of of significance. Doesn't mean that you can't trade him. Doesn't necessarily. And by the way, that it might be the biggest argument for why you shouldn't. You, it might barely be that he's just that much more valuable to your franchise, to your fan base, to trying to teach younger guys how to play than he is for whatever you could get for him. You're going to be disappointed. If you're trying to convince yourself that Trey Mancini is a trade ship, you're going to be disappointed. He's not. He's just right. not. There, there is nothing of significance that's coming for Trey Mancini. doesn't mean you can't trade him and just take whatever you can get and hope to get a Terran Vavra type. By trading Trey Mancini doesn't, but like if, as I've said a million times, if you're convincing yourself that you think you could get a top 100 prospect for Trey Mancini, you're you're living in fantasy land. Sure, I mean he's a guy. That, I mean look, you, you look at Yermi Mercedes, um, a guy who is a career minor leaguer, comes yep. out for the White Sox this year and starts tearing it up. A guy that can play first base. There are plenty of guys like that. that they, um, they're everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. everywhere. Right. Bat, Every organization has these guys. Right. These bat first guys who don't really have a great defensive position. Yep. That's what Trey Mancini basically and, is. And, and Trey might be a bat better hitter than some of sure. them. Um, but, most but, of them, But maybe. not to give up something. Right. That, that what you think the difference is between your guy and Trey Mancini is... I mean, the Padres are not going to say, let's give up Mackenzie Gore no, for, for Trey Mancini. No, they're Just, certainly... It's, well, it's that's, not, that's obviously an extreme. It's not going to happen. But no, that's not going to be the case. Um, that you have one real valuable trade chip, and it's the guy that nobody wants to trade. Like, that's that's the one. Yes. That's your trade chip. If you, if you want to do something... And really acquire something at the deadline. You got a guy. You got one. And I do That's think I do think Anthony Santander is a trade chip because of his age, because of his team control. Um, he has to play a little better. I mean, obviously, right now he's hitting around 250. He's been okay, and he's been injured for a lot. And he has, he has a long history of injuries, and that's the reason the Orioles have him yeah, in the first place. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not. Again, I'm not saying you can't, but I just don't think you're you're getting anything at this point for those. Uh, we talked about this with David Sampson last week. Those guys are guys that you know you could you could do slightly better for Mancini if you traded him in the off season. You could maybe do something yeah. for Santander if you traded him in the off season. You're you're already starting with there's the the asset is an issue. Now you're limiting it to the own, only the teams that are in contention being available. Once once you get to the off season, you have thirty teams that are all looking to put rosters together. Maybe you could stand to do something by trading one of those guys. Then you got one deadline. We got one real asset for the deadline, and the question is whether or not you're willing to trade him. And that's right. It's a very complicated question, as we've discussed over and over again. All right, uh, Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We come back in. Rob Vaughn, Maryland baseball coach, is going to join us. They're back in the NCAA tournament, which is awesome. Let's let's uh, let's chat with him next. Glenn Clark Radio. Zach's in for Cow today. It's, um, we're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, the smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, the strip steak sandwich, barbecue chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's silver anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online when a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit DEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you Chris Jericho, Le Champion, AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in on here on GCR. My buddy Tim Murray from out in Vegas on VEASAN, um, apparently one of their guys put together like literally an entire compilation of Mike Krzyzewski's weaselness, <laughs> and he just sent it to me. He's like, I think, so I'm going to retweet it. Um, it is, it is, the, I mean, it's the epitome of what we're talking about. Like that, that, that side of this exists. By the way, I saw, 
Apparently, I said I said twice that it was four national championships. It was five. It was five national championships, and I'm sorry about that. I, I'm not trying to be purposely disrespectful. I blame the allergies for that. It was five <laughs> national championships for Mike Shevsky. And again, as I say, as a bas- I'm not in no ways am I trying to knock the man's accomplishments as a basketball coach. He clearly is an incredibly accomplished basketball coach. But ignoring the other stuff is something ESPN can do and the people who care about Duke can do, but the rest of us will not. And it's not about, oh, uh, you're just a hater. No, it's about it was real. It really existed. The guy really has been a weasel. That's fine. I would love to have <clears throat> a weasel coach my team that won nas- uh, five national championships. I, Gary Williams was not exactly the most likable human over the years when he was the coach at Maryland. There are plenty of people that uh, found him abrasive, standoffish, and just genuinely uh, a prick. I was happy to have him coach the team because he was a really good basketball coach. You don't have to apologize for your basketball coach that you like being a weasel. You should probably apologize for pretending to be a Duke basketball fan when you have no association with Duke whatsoever, and you just decided that you wanted to root for a team that won, and, and you're you know just kind of a crappy person. Um, but you don't have to apologize for the fact that your basketball coach is a weasel. You just don't get to pretend like it doesn't exist. You don't get to say, well, you're, you're, you're not just making stuff up. You're just a hater. No, it's all real. It's all real. It's all part of the story. So are the five national championships. They're very real, very much part of the story. Today's show. Oh, God. I'm still trying to. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying my damnedest here, man. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, because of their schedule and traveling and getting ready for uh, the regional this weekend, we had to do this a little bit earlier on, but we had the opportunity to catch up with Maryland baseball coach Rob Vaughn. Let's take a listen right now here on GCR. Our next guest is back in the NCAA tournament as the University of Maryland baseball team is getting ready to head down to North Carolina. They're going to open up on Friday against Charlotte after reaching the tournament for the first time since 2017. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program the head baseball coach at the University of Maryland. He's Coach Rob Vaughn, and he's with us now on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chant with you. Congratulations on being back in the NCAA tournament. Man, I appreciate it. It's uh, been a long time coming, a lot of work. I'm really, really proud of our boys this year, and Really excited to, to get back to work and see what we got starting on Friday. Coach, you guys, uh, let's go back a few weeks. You were 10-12 and 12 on the season, and obviously um, everything about the world was difficult um, at that point. <laughs> Can you tell me what changed, what clicked, that you guys ended up being you know, the, 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 the number two team in the Big Ten, that you really furiously turned things around after that point in the season? Yeah, you know, I, I wish I could point to to just one thing, and you know, I don't I don't think we have the ability to do that. But but I think it's a lot of different things. You know, this team was five and nine at one point, and like you referenced, ten and twelve. And I remember talking to them. we were at the uh, we were at one of our pod weekends out at um, Ohio State. It was us, Ohio State, and Iowa in the pod, and we just went one and three that weekend in our four games. And I just talked to them afterwards. I said it's a long season. The biggest key, just like if you're in a slum, man, if you're if you're over your last 15 and you step to the plate trying to get 10 hits every single at bat, it's just going to keep spinning downhill. And 
I told them, I was like, you know, we're going to be a very different team three weeks from now than, than we are today. And we've got to embrace this journey. We've got to embrace that this is part of our story, like it or not, um, and take it one day at a time. Our only goal is to be a 1-0 today and then see what happens and keep stringing those days together um, and then see how it plays out. You know, and I think, you know, we, we went on pretty, a pretty furious run there. You know, we won our last seven series in conference and against some really, really good teams, both at home and on the road, um, you know, sweeping a really good Ohio State yeah. team and taking two or three at Michigan at the end. So, yeah, it was a uh, good ride for the boys. Um, obviously, getting a guy like Nick Dean, one of our pitching back healthy, was a huge piece. So, um, so yeah, man, it was uh, quite the ride this year. Really, really fun ride with these boys. Can you, can you describe, you know, I, I mentioned obviously the world. Thankfully, we're at a place where there's a bit more normalcy at this point. But, you know, what you guys had to go through dating back to last season and and how the guys handled all of that, the disappointment, um, the, the extra effort that had to be put in, all of the changes. How, how much do you think maybe going through that helped sharpen them for playing baseball as, as the season went on? Well, I think one thing it really does is it makes you appreciate this game a lot. You know, I think you grow up all the time and you hear people saying, hey, play this game like it's your last. And, man, it became real to us. Man, there for a little while, who knew? we didn't know there was going to be a season this year. Yep. We didn't know what was happening. I mean, last March, I think it was just the beginning of, man, this world got turned upside down for a year. And uh, so I think it makes you really appreciate that. You know, that our, our boys handled it like immense professionals, um, you know, from – not being allowed in the weight room and having to do body weight exercise type stuff outside to, you know, having to be in small groups of three to four for practice, bringing them out in tiny groups to staying in their apartments and not being able to hang out with their teammates outside of, you know, outside of stuff and just a lot of sacrifices. But I think it did two things. You know, I think it, it taught them some discipline. I think it made them really appreciate um, the game of baseball and, and getting to play it each and every day. Um, and man, it, it, it had to toughen them up. Nobody walked through this through the last 15 months and isn't a little bit grittier, a little bit tougher, a little bit more hardened after going through what some of these guys went through the last 15 months. I think there's no doubt about it. You have to be. And, and obviously your team uh, showed exactly what it did for them. Rob Vaughn is with us, Maryland baseball coach. They're getting ready for the, uh, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, the regionals. Coach, um, any disappointment at all in getting a three, considering what we just talked about and, and everything you guys did in conference play? And, and I think the eye test stands out a lot with your guys down the stretch. Any disappointment in that? And can you use that in a healthy way? Can the guys take that and, and, and maybe have sort of a good chip on their shoulder as they head, they head down there this weekend? Sure, you know, I, 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 won't, I don't want to say disappointment, maybe a little bit surprised. You know, I thought we were in a pretty good spot to be a two seed. Um, but, man, that's people a lot smarter than me on a committee decide what they go. The bottom line is if you saw that room that we were in when when our boys heard their name announced on TV and got to see it, I don't think there was, there was nobody was concerned whether it was a two or sure. our name. But what we knew is we were going to get to spend another week together and, and get to keep on with this thing. So, you know what? I think as coaches, that's our job, right? To use any kind of any kind of uh, motivational tools you can in, in your disposal. So obviously, it's something we'll, we'll we'll address. But man, I think this group is—they were pumped up. Like I said, to get to spend one more week together, guaranteed. Um, and man, we we won our last seven series. You know, I told them, I said, at this point, we've been playing postseason baseball for the last seven weeks. Yep. And we taken one or two weekends off, our season was over. And so 
there's nothing new. We just got to keep playing the brand of baseball we've been playing. And you win one more weekend, you get to play together for another week. And that's the beauty of this time of year. And, you know, the fact that this group has really been in kind of a playoff back up against the wall mentality since April, it's not going to be foreign to us. So, so we're excited to get out there and, and go. And like I said, you can put whatever number name next to our name you want as long as we keep playing together. That's all I care about. I respect that, and obviously that's that's what you're going to go prove this weekend. You know, Coach, I think about when you took over, and you know, there had been a foundation laid, right, for Maryland baseball, at a program that had been quite dormant for some time, but then came to real life and, and super regionals and things along those lines. And and, and, and I, I, I'm guessing that when you took over, that, that sort of had to be your expectation, right? That, like, this... This is the program that we're going to be moving forward. That that's that's the expectation that exists now. Um, and then you have a couple years, or you miss out, and then every you know obviously there was no tournament a year ago. Like, is there relief that comes with with things turning around? Like, yeah, this is where I thought we would be, and boy, I'm glad to be back there. Like, exactly how do you describe your emotions of the last few years based on where your expectations are? Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think. Uh... I was talking to somebody earlier, and I think all this whole thing started with Eric Backage back in, you know, 2010, and him starting to kind of change the culture, and obviously he left for Michigan, and Coach Chef came in, and I met with him, and, and uh, yeah, you, you know, it's one of those things where we have two of the best years in school history. You know, we do some pretty special things, yep. and, and, of course, you know, you kind of start thinking, hey, that's the expectation, but what I can tell you is, you know, I I wouldn't have taken this job if I didn't think that this that, that could be done here. I don't think 14 and 15 were fluke years here. Obviously, to to win a regional and to get to a super regional and be a game away from Omaha, I mean, it, it takes some bounces going your way. It takes some things bouncing right. But but the reality is um, I knew we could win here at a high level. I knew we could. And, you know, when my first year in the head seat in 18, we were just really low in some areas. You know, I, the one thing, recruiting is the lifeblood of, of any athletics program. You know, and and there was just we had missed on some guys. You know, whether whatever it was, and we just didn't have enough depth. And so, you know, my staff and I spent you know eighteen and nineteen trying to fix that, trying to get more depth, trying to bring in quality, the right type of people, not just talented people, mm. but the right mm. type of people. And I think when you start looking at that, you know, we the foundation was laid for us to have a good year last year, and then obviously didn't come to fruition um, just with the pandemic hitting. And, and this year you're seeing what it's capable of. And we're, you know, I think it takes the right kind of kid. You know, this, this senior class was freshman when I first took over. And the, the world we're in today is if things don't go your way, you quit and go somewhere else. That's what most people do. And this group of seniors didn't quit. They stuck with it. They kept fighting. They kept, you know, clawing. They believed in what we were doing. And, and they're the reason we're here, whether they're the guys on the field um, you know, making the pitch, getting the hit, making the play, whatever it is, or whether they're the guys that are just building people up in the dugout and being the best teammates they can be. This senior class is the reason that we're here. And, and so we're, we think that this is what Maryland baseball should be. This should be – we should be a team that shows up in, in regionals year in and year out and, and have a chance to make a run to Omaha because we believe we can get the, the right kind of people here, the right kind of talent here. And, you know, I think – the, the cupboard is definitely not bare in the upcoming years. So my my assistants have done an unbelievable job of, of of really getting the right type of people in here and, and mixed in with some seriously good baseball players. So the expectation we expect to win, we expect to play in the postseason, and 
and you know I think this is just the start for us. I want to talk about a couple of your players, but but before I do that, you know, you reference. You know, so the program, and, and I think about, you know, like what happened last year in the World Series, right? And having Brandon and Adam and that just sort of amazing moment where they're facing off against each other in the World Series and just what an unbelievably cool sure. thing that is for, for people that care about the Maryland baseball program. Um, how tangible is something like that, Coach? Like how much, you know, while it's neat and everybody likes to see it and, and you know, Adam's a local kid for us and, you know, we're rooting for him and Brandon's a great guy and clearly one of the best players in all of baseball. Um, but what, what does it mean to your program? What's the, what's the real effect of a moment like that on your guys currently, on what you're doing, you know, as you're out recruiting? Like what, how really does that work when we see something like that that was so public for everyone? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's just, you know, everything everything that goes on around your program represents you, represents your program, represents your culture. And I think when you look at those guys, I mean, Adam was here before I played here, but I've gotten to know Adam, you know, and his father, Frank, really well um, through his League of Dreams Foundation that works with Southsea yep. this year. We didn't get to do it with the pandemic, but I've done stuff with him for a lot of years. And, um, and then Brandon was part of the first group. Uh, that I coached here back in 2013. Um, he was a freshman on that team, and and I think it's just one of those things when when your guys see it and they see Brandon Lyle playing in the big leagues, when they see that kind of stuff happening, it just makes it way more tangible for them. You know, we got Kevin Smith knocking on the door to the big leagues. You got Lamont Wade. He's up with the Giants right yep. now, but it's been up and down. Um, you know, Mike Schwarz spent a lot of time in the big leagues. I think the more of those guys that get there, kids want to develop. Like, that's one of the biggest things I've seen. Like, I want guys that want several things out of their college experience. Number one is a great education. Number two is I want guys that want to win and care about winning. But number three, I want guys that want to develop and get better. And I think when you start to see kind of the fruits of your labor, you see guys that have come through here having success at the next level, you kind of, it kind of goes back to the whole success leaves clues thing. Like, what do these guys do along the way? Like, can I follow in their footsteps? Is that something I can do? Um, and so I think anytime you have a situation like that to where shoot, you got Brandon tweeting about us when we, when we go to a regional, I talk to Brandon all the time. I've got his jersey hanging down in my basement. That's cool. You know, I, Adam is one of the best dudes I've, I, I've met since I've been here in Maryland. And so, um, it's just, they're unbelievable representatives for your program. I think you said it perfectly. I think it, it shows guys coming up through the program that are here currently and recruits coming here that, man, this is a place I can go, I can get an education, I can win baseball games, and I can develop into a big leaguer. And I think those are the things we care a ton about. With that in mind, right now, if I asked you, Coach, uh, how many Major League Baseball players do you have that are you taking with you to the regionals this weekend on this team? I, I know you probably want to say all of them, but realistically, <laughs> um, h- how many guys do you think right now are on this team that you truly in your heart believe are going to be Major League Baseball players? I think there's at least two. Yeah. And and you know, I think I think we have we have some pretty special ones and you never know, man. Like I think you'd have put a gun to my head back, you know, in twenty fifteen and asked me if Brandon Lau was gonna be a you know, on the AL rookie of the year ballot and be an all star and all this stuff and sign a big contract. I told you I love him, but I don't I don't know. Yeah, like, sure. that's a good sure. question. And uh you know, so so I think there's plenty of guys. There there could be some guys sitting around here that are going to get a chance that, you know, who knows what's going to happen with them. But I think we got at least two guys that I think have a legit chance to play in the big leagues. And you know, I think um, yeah, I, I'd say I'd say at a minimum. You know, I think it's 
a lot of that boils down to their mindset, their makeup, how much they're willing to sacrifice and work for it. But I think we got a couple of dudes going down there that got a chance. Is, is Sean Burke one of those guys? That would be one of them. I would, That's I, absolutely one of them. I would think so. I mean, right? I think he's, yeah, I think he's got a chance to be a. I mean, I don't think he's just like a cup of coffee in the big leagues guy. I think, you know, if he'll do what he's doing and continue to grow and continue to get better and better, that guy's going to be a top end of a rotation type guy in the big leagues. I don't think he's a spend a year or two up there and get a taste of it. I think. I think we could watch him play, and he could be signing big contracts in the upcoming years. Wow! But like I said, all that all that boils down to mindset: and how much you're willing to work, how much you're willing to sacrifice, and and can you keep the main thing the main thing? You know, I think you get drafted, you get a little bit of money, and attention starts getting pulled a lot of different ways. You know, he's got the ability. There's no question if he can he can keep that stuff right. Which he comes from a great family, and he's an unbelievable kid. So I don't have any issue about that at all. But I think I think we're going to see him pitch on TV one day. It doesn't hurt to be six six. I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When you're 6'6", can dunk a basketball and are one of the best athletes on our team, and you've got ninety five in the tank, like man, that's 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 a gift right there. So now I got to figure out who the other one is, right? Like because <laughs> because I had I had two position player guesses, and and maybe some of this is selfishness. Like we up here genuinely believe that Max is capable of being that guy, right? Like we sure. we think that's the case. Is 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 Benjamin the other guy on your list? He's not the Ben's not the other guy, but Ben's the guy that I think could. Okay. Like, oh my goodness, what he's done this year is unbelievable. Like you would have asked me four months ago, what did you think was a good year uh, yeah. for Benny? What would you take? I'd have said, man, if he can hit me two sixty and wow. hit me six or seven homers and play a good shortstop, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I knew he's gonna play defense. And you got that. He hits three hundred five. <laughs> three hundred five with seventeen homers and plays an absolute lockdown shortstop. I mean. The guy was incredible this year. Absolutely incredible. They couldn't happen to a better kid. I mean, that dude worked his absolute tail off. Um, so, no, Benny's good. The other guy, and I, dude, I don't say this very lightly, like how, much I, how talented I think he is and I think how he's viewed among our team. I think our young freshman, Matt Shaw, has got a chance okay. to do it. I okay. Mean, he is a um, he is an incredible athlete. He is one of the most diligent, focused workers I've seen. He's been around and coached and you know, I compare him at this age to, you know, to the Brandon Lows and to the Kevin Smiths and to some of those big-time infielders that have come through here while I was here. Wow. And if he's not at the top, he's in the same conversation. So wow. you never know. That's the beauty of stuff. You know, like, you, there, this game is a wild game. It's not always about the guy that has the best ability. It's the one that can just blast in the game, that's willing to sacrifice for the game and do stuff. And so... I hope we got a couple guys to go through here. Maxwell's had an unbelievable career here. Um, you know, he's been just really injury riddled all the year this year yep. between you know between a wrist injury and then an ankle injury, but had an absolutely enormous home run against Indiana for us this last weekend to tie the game with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. So um, hopefully, Max and the guy as we head down to Greenville right now. I told him I, you know, his his brother Marty obviously played for us, and yep. Marty's with the Astros now and a plug for him. That dude is absolutely wearing it out in double A right now. I mean, he's in like 390 down in Corpus Christi with the Astros, but Shoot. having a great year. But, you know, we, Marty came down, we were playing at the Keith, or the Keith LeClaire Classic here at ECU. Um, and Marty hadn't really played a lot. And it was his freshman year was early. We were probably in week two of the season, maybe. And we plugged him in for an at bat and he hit a ball that might still be traveling. I mean, he absolutely <laughs> laid it into it. And I don't think ever came out of the lineup again. 
I told I told Max the other day. I said, "Why don't we get on the phone with Marty, find out the secret to East Carolina, right. and a little bit of that." And Marty, Max is the guy. Say what? If he gets hot, he's the guy that can carry us in the postseason here. And man, we we'd love to have have that show up. And you know, he's like I said, he's just been grinding through a lot of a lot of injuries this year, but he's staying persistent with it. He's, he's through a lot of them and on the backside of them right now, which is good. So. Hopefully you can go show out and have a big weekend for us. Love that. Love that. All right, it all starts Friday, 6 o'clock. So tomorrow night on uh, ESPN3, you'll be able to see the uh, opener for the Terps against Charlotte. The other two teams in the region will, of course, be in East Carolina and Norfolk State. Um, and they'll play tomorrow, and then we'll see how things uh, sort of flush out from there. Coach, um, really neat that we get to keep watching you guys play uh, for the next, uh, hopefully for the next, uh, you know, month. Let's 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 plan on that, right? Like, let's That's make right. that happen. I can tell you, we we get it done this week, and I'm I'm a superstitious guy. I'll be on the phone with you next week. Hey, man. I'm sure this is going to be a regular occurrence. I, I love that. I love that, man. Coach, <laughs> congratulations on a special season. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate you all. There he is, Rob Vaughn, the Maryland baseball coach. They're getting ready for the NCAA tournament tomorrow. And, yeah, some intriguing prospects. Max Costas is a local kid, Baltimore guy. And as uh, Coach mentioned, his brother Marty is uh, doing quite well uh, in the Astros system right now. Uh, Max is thought of as being maybe even better, has been dealing with some injuries. We'll see how that plays out. But Sean Burke is definitely thought to be the real deal as far as pitching prospects are concerned. Um, they uh, they get underway tomorrow at 6 o'clock against Charlotte. And I think a lot of people really, as as much of a bummer as it was for them to get a 3 instead of a 2, they look at that regional and they say, there's a chance there. There's there's a chance. East Carolina's good. There's no doubt about that. Um, but there's a chance there for Maryland to make some noise and try to play on to the super regional round of the NCAA tournament. It's Glenn Clark Radio, Zach Goodman from the Bat Around, in for Kyle today. Today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 right now to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Uh, Rodney says, uh, I'm not allowed to share my thoughts on Mike Krzyzewski because I would not have a job. <laughs> Probably the case for a lot of people. I get it. Especially around I here. I get it. I totally get it. Uh, from Tony, Tony says, uh, Glenn, appreciate what it is that you're saying because you're absolutely right. A lot of people are unwilling to talk about the other side of Mike Krzyzewski. I don't necessarily think he's evil or that he should have been kicked out of it. But no, no. Kicked no, out? No. no. Let me make that very clear. If it's what a little you think, far. <laughs> what you think I'm saying is that like Mike Krzyzewski was – I. There, there's not even really any tangible evidence – that if like I don't care when we talk about cheating in college basketball, I don't even care about that because the rules are so back asswards that like I I don't think it's like me pretending to be mad about somebody who got busted for a possession of marijuana. The the laws are the problem, not the action. Mm-hmm. The problem is that for some reason is illegal, um, even still to this day in a lot of places. Um, I, I will never be mad at an athlete who got busted for smoking pot because it's not something that anyone should have ever been busted for ever in the history of eternity. Um, college basketball, it's a very similar thing. When somebody calls like um, a John Calipari a cheater, I'm like, well, wait a second. Like The, the rules are the problem. Like I, I can't even get mad. The problem is the rules. But there's not even that with Mike Krzyzewski. No one even suggests within the archaic system that he was necessarily a cheater. I'm using the word weasel. Weasel. 
He was a weaselly human, or he is a weaselly human, which is not illegal. It's not you shouldn't. It's not you shouldn't face penalties for it. You shouldn't go to just you're just a weasel. And there's a lot of people who are. Yeah, some people may have said that I, I've been. I mean, like you said, I mean, if if you're getting anywhere high up, and especially sports or business or whatever it is, I mean, you know, some people are not going to do things yep. that everyone is going to agree with. It's just the way it's going to be. I mean, they're, you're never going to do it. And there are people like Ozzy Newsom, who's been in this business for a long time and is probably one of the better guys you could ever hear of. But of course, then are people like you know Coach K that, and I know you don't like me calling that, but yeah, it's fine. Uh, it, it, you're not. If you get into this business and you get as high up as he has, there's always going to be things that there's going to be an questions amount, about. Amount of uh, distastefulness. Yeah, I, I mean, sure, it's going to be sure that's going to exist. And like you said, I mean, the rules are the reason for this in in, in a lot of cases. All right. Uh, when we come back in, a couple things I want to do. Taryn Vaver is going to join us later on this hour. Looking forward to catching up with one of the uh, top prospects and making our trip down to Bowie to chat with the Bay Sox. But before we do that, uh, a new mock, we're going to do our draft segment tomorrow, I believe, for the week. Uh, but in the meantime, Jonathan Mayo's got a new mock draft mm, up okay. at MLB.com today. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I think there, I, I w- we'll talk a little bit more about some confusion I think some Orioles fans have about w- w- all of the draft people signing, seeming to line up in where they think the Orioles are going. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. I also have a finish this that we'll get to as well, so a lot to do. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Hey, this is Chris Rowland from Great Ace Memorabilia. And June 27th from 12 to 4, we want to invite you out to the first ever Tucker Fest for the Brigands Brigade Foundation. Come meet Justin Tucker. Listen to a free live concert from Joey Harkham and Dave Teeth. Jeremy Kahn will be in the Express Exterior Design Dunk Booth. We'll have food trucks from Jimmy's Famous Seafood, vendors, and a huge cornhole tournament. This is a free family fun event on Sunday, June 27th from 12 to 4 p.m. at Jerry's Toyota and Bel Air Road. For more information, go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great Eights with the number eight letter S. And remember, Great Eights Memorabilia, be great. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. They take sports view to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. 
Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover luke jackson profiles top orioles pitcher john means and the role new pitching coach chris holt is taken with means and the entire organization inside matt kremnitzer reflects on nick markakis's career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens' 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. At Glory Days Grill, they have great food, good sports. Glory Days Grill is a sports team family restaurant with restaurants across Virginia, Maryland, North Carolina, West Virginia, Florida, and Georgia. Watch your favorite games or entertainment on a ton of TVs, cartoons for kids, and each table has its own wireless speaker so you can tune into whatever TV you're watching. Glory Days Grill is celebrating its 25th anniversary in April 2021. They're featuring their 12-ounce silver anniversary New York strip steak, smoky thigh wings, a double bacon and cheddar burger, strip steak sandwich, BBQ chicken bowl, and their silver anniversary turtle cheesecake. Toast to more than 25 years at Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed to brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. And don't forget, Glory Days Grill still offers online ordering. Choose your favorite items online and pick up at your convenience at glorydaysgrill.com. Zach Goodman from the Bad Round in for Kyle today. It is Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Jonathan Mayo has got a new mock draft up at MLB.com today. Here's how his first five picks unfold. Uh, number one, Marcelo Mayer, the shortstop yeah. from California. Um, for the, everybody that was freaking out, this is where it gets weird. It seemed like it was shifting towards Mayer and Lawler being the top two prospects yes. from 
what we thought a year ago at being the two Vanderbilt pitchers. However, he actually has a guy that I've seen uh, connected to the Orioles a lot. He has Henry Davis, the catcher from Louisville, mm-hmm. going number two in his most recent mock draft. Jack Leiter, uh, the Vanderbilt pitcher, going number three. Then Jordan Lawler going number four to Boston. And then with the fifth pick, he has the Orioles selecting Brady House, the shortstop from Georgia. Now, a lot of you will notice that at that point, Kamar Rocker, for example, is still on the board. Kamar Rocker has dealt with um, – I, I, I don't – it's a weird place that we have well, with Kamar. Nobody can really define – there's been some. There's been a multiple issues he's had. Um, number one, he had a weird velocity drop right. for about two, three weeks there. Right. Number two is that he's a two pitch pitcher and that he generally lives off a of fastball slider. And number three is that at times he can't command them. But yet nobody thinks those things are all true, and nobody thinks that means he's not a top ten prospect. Right. Nobody thinks that means like that. This is the weird part with Kamar Rocker. It's is, probably because of his size, his pedigree, and what and, and the gotten, stats he's put I've up. I've gotten way more a sense that the size has been mm-hmm. the biggest issue mm-hmm. for both of those guys. Frankly, for right, both. lighter being too small. Yep, exactly right. right. Um, so you know, it's 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 what it is. But uh, Brady House, there has been seemingly a consensus among draft people that the Orioles are targeting a bat that the Orioles want to go bat in this draft. An underslot bat at that. I haven't necessarily, like, I have not gotten a consensus on it being an underslot bat. I, I think people, it's that. more of a guess than a than a. In fact, thing. not nearly as strong a feeling about that as a year ago when there mm-hmm. was a consensus, and yeah. clearly they did with Heston Kerstad. I have not gotten the sense that underslot is as important versus... The bats that are going to be available are not likely to be guys that are going to be problematic in terms of signing, right? Like the the mayors, the law, and the, if if some if somehow Lawler becomes a problem signing wise, could the Orioles end up passing on him too? Maybe, sure. Um, yeah. But I've not gotten the sense that they're purposely they are determined to go under slot with the fifth pick in this year's draft. Um, just the only consensus I've got is bat. They're going bat. They're not taking a pitcher. Um, with the first pick, and it's more a fundamental. We are not using a top ten pick. Um, the retention rate, the the number of top ten pick failures with pitchers is greater than the number of top ten pick bats. So when we have these these upper echelon picks, we're going to spend them to take bats because we feel like bats are more of a sure thing to end up panning out as as their careers go on. That's the sense that I've gotten from the people that seem to be plugged in with what the Orioles' way of thinking is. I, I you know, should should they be doing that? I have no idea. I can't tell you that. Um, I think everybody likes Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall, and I think after that it gets it gets iffy again. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's no givens in any any prospect system, I mean, because they're prospects, and we don't know how sure, they're going to... Sure, but I, I mean, specifically, it seems like the scouts are very firm believers in those two players. Yes, Yes. After that, they're not – even some of the guys that Orioles fans might like or that are ranked highly on prospect rankings, it, it you know, the, the Michael Baumans of the world, nobody else is thought of as being, this is definitely a major league pitcher, yes. no question about it, within the Orioles system. That doesn't appear to exist. So there is an argument that they should be targeting pitching, right? That especially if you believe, for example, that Gunnar Henderson really is going to end up on the left side of the infield and is truly perform- – panning out to be a major league player that you could make an argument that their bigger needs at this point are outfield and pitching 
than even middle infield, which I think a lot of us thought a year ago was sort of the the bleakest part of the Orioles system. Definitely, definitely. But also, there comes the argument that you don't draft for need. It's always best player available, and generally that is what the, the general manager will go by. Um, and I think Mike Elias even thought that, even with going at Heston Kerstad under slot, I think Mike Elias truly thought Heston Kerstad was the, the second best player in this draft, um, probably behind Spencer Torkelson. <sighs> and Maybe. Maybe. I, I don't know that, right? I don't know. I, I think Mike Elias wants to... I mean, it's always about maximizing value. It's about sure. what you can get for your dollar. And Heston Kerstad clearly last year to Mike Elias was the best prospect for the dollar. You look at what Austin Martin's doing in AA for, for the Blue Jays, it's not certainly not lighting the world on fire, so maybe that was a, a great move. Maybe it won't be. We'll see how well, that plans yeah, out. I mean, there's a long way to go, obviously. There. I, and sure. I don't know either, right? And it is, it is, It's certainly possible that they just genuinely believe that was the guy. But there was more of a belief that with a five-round draft... It was more important for them to spread the money out yes, yes. than it was in other years. This year, we're not going back. We're not, you know, what was it, 10 rounds this year? What's the number? 20 rounds this oh, year. It was 20, 20. Yes. So they're not going back to a, you know, a, a, an insane draft that we've done in the past, but it's going to be a more normal draft oh, yeah, than last for sure. year's was. And so I don't know yet. I have not gotten that in talking to a lot of these guys that they believe that it's a consensus that the Orioles are definitely looking to go under slot. We'll see as they get closer. Um, I, I had thought, you know, it's really odd. If you, if you want to say, here's something that's odd, it would be odd to me that they would target college bats at the start of this process. And then, as most of us think we're getting closer, they would suddenly take a high school bat. That, now, is, that is a good point. It might just be the nature of this is who's available. Henry Davis is the only college bat mm-hmm. that is thought of as being a premier type of player at the top of the draft. You could argue maybe Sal Freelich. I think a, a few people would. Um, I, I've heard Adrian Del Castillo's name thrown out there a few times, but yeah. But, Henry no, Davis no, but, is but the those guy. guys aren't being thought of as top five types yes, of players. Right. Henry Davis is the only guy, the only college bat that is considered to be a top five type of player in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that he's a catcher, the, there's been a consensus. The Orioles would, would and should take him anyway, yep. despite the presence of Adley Rutschman. That's a, 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 a problem you can solve later down the road. It would be weird they went college bat number one pick, college bat number two pick, and then in the third year of this process, now they go with the guy that's a little bit further away than those guys are. That, that inherently doesn't make a ton of sense, but it can be washed out by we are not the time frame isn't what we are prioritizing. The pri- what we're prioritizing is the quality of the prospect. Right. I'm fine with that to some extent. But as I keep saying, when we have these conversations about John Means, at some point you've got to figure out what your timeline is. And that is a a concern that I have, and I've brought up a number of times with the John Means situation. That if you're hell-bent on, no, you don't trade him, He's this is the guy you build around, okay, well, are you buying out his arbitration years? Are you committed to re-signing him? Are you, or are you just trying to figure it out? Because if that's the case... I don't know that the next three years fit your timeline. And if your next first pick is a high school bat, that doesn't seem to be someone that fits the timeline of being here to compete when when John Means is here. And I I understand your point here, um, but my counterpoint would be that Mike Elias has said multiple times that, you know, we want to build this initially great team, but then we want to keep it sustainable. And if you if you pick a high school guy, that is going to ensure, or at least you you hope it would ensure that it keeps this sustainable. I, I, um, I, look, I want to I always I want to get very I want to get good baseball players every year in the mm-hmm. same way that I yeah. want the Ravens. I, I don't I want 
I, I, I don't care where they come from. Just keep getting good baseball players. If you're always drafting sure. good baseball players, you know what you tend to be? You tend to be good. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's just the way that it goes. Correct. But at some point, if, if this is more related to what are you willing to do economically. And if what you're willing to do economically is not spend money on players, it's not buy players out of arbitration years and be aggressive and do that type of thing. Means specifically, it really doesn't make sense to sign Means when he gets to free agency. We just need to be honest about that. Yeah, he's, I would he's agree. a he's a he's going to be 31 at that point. That doesn't really uh, to spend a lot of money on a pitcher that's already in their 30s when you've mm-hmm. never spent a lot of money on a pitcher ever before. That's I, that's a weird way of doing business. But what would make sense now is to say we don't want five more years of John Means after you know he reaches free agency. We want five years of John Means right now. And we want to do a five-year deal that buys out arbitration years and tax two more years onto the end of it. That would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But the Orioles have never done that before. They've never bought players out of their. Ar- I mean, they've given they've given guys contract extensions when they were at the tail end of arbitration. When they were right. Adam Jones was about yes. to be approaching free agency. What they didn't really buy out the arbitration year as much as once they didn't let him get the free agency. This three years ahead of free agency is just something they've never done before. So I don't expect them to do it, but if John Means is part of the plan, this is how you go about doing it. And if they're not doing that, then I've got... What is the timeline? When is it? I'm not sure they know. I mean, well, I, I, I think that's absolutely part of the problem. Yeah, I, I don't really think... It, maybe they thought it was it was earlier than it was until they saw what the team was like this year. You know, you look at a Ryan Mountcastle, you look at a Dean Kramer, two guys who expected to maybe take a step forward. They've arguably taken a step backward, and... You know, Michael Elias might be going, well, this timeline now is looking at 2023, 24 to even get to a wild card. You know, you get an 85, 90 win team that's a wild card team. You know, 100 wins is maybe four years off. You just don't know. I mean, and it's impossible for Elias to know. He's not, a, you know, no, he's I'm not. not a, I'm not suggesting that you can know this with certainty, but oh, I think yeah, we I internally have to have a plan for yeah. at this point. We either either this has come to fruition by this point, or if we're not quite there, this is when we're willing to spend money to fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. That that has to be known, or else yeah. the thing that David Samson warned us about, like the the Marlins bit, where you're just saying that you're rebuilding, but you're not really rebuilding. You just don't want to spend money. At some point, that becomes the reality. As I've said before, I don't believe that's what's going on here as of right now. No, I do believe there is a process. I do believe there is a plan, but that plan has to involve some sort of timeline. At some point, this is where we think we need to be. This is what we should be doing, or else it's not rebuilding. It's it's nothing, frankly. It's yeah. it's it's just not committing to trying to win at some point. But we're not there yet. That's just that's just a thought for down the road. It would just be a little. I'm not I'm not saying you don't take the high school bat either. I'm just saying it would be a little weird. It would be a little weird that the infancy of the draft you were drafting college bat or the of the rebuild you were drafting college bats, and then in the third year. That was when you decided to turn to a high schooler. That that's just that's just a little odd. I don't disagree. Um, a couple observations about this draft, though, that I've made. Um, number one is I do think Kumar Rocker will be there at number five, and I don't think the Orioles will select him. Oh, I, I think I think everybody I, has kind of come around to the idea. I that. I just cannot believe the Orioles will take 
Kumar Rock, even if they thought he was, I I just think they're they're sold on taking a bat. Um, that's, even that's if they the think con- that's the consensus. Even if they think Kumar Rocker is a, going to be a stud pitcher, which he might, but there are a lot of questions about him. Um, you look at Brady House. I I think there are some serious swing uh, corrections that need to be made. I think it's going to take a while for Brady House to get you know to the majors. He's maybe a Joey Gallo kind of type player at his at his you know maybe floor. He's like a Jake Lamb, just a guy with crazy power, plays a pretty decent third base, and you know just strikes out a lot. Doesn't make great contact so I think taking a guy like Brady House it's going to be a long road of development for him I mean I think it's going to be two three years before we even see him in like a triple a doesn't seem to line up with Adley Rutschman correct it it definitely doesn't Um, I I think if you take a guy like Khalil Watson who is my personal uh, second favorite player in this draft I think he's a little closer you might be able to get him to the majors a bit quicker because he doesn't need all these swing corrections another another high schooler another high schooler yes Um, and arguably ranked a lot lower by their people but I think maybe taking a guy who's a little closer to the majors than a guy like Brady House who needs some serious swing corrections, in my opinion, would be a smarter decision. But I don't know what they'll go for. All right, let's get to finish this uh, in. Today's finish this brought to you by KNS Automotive right here in Hamden for over 40 years. KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles, the focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from something as simple as an oil change to major body work, they've got you covered. Give them a call right now. 410-235-6660. Go to knsimports.com. That's K&S Automotive. K-N-S-Imports.com. Um, I've seen this story a lot of places. I'm Where I'm reading it from today is Fox News, but it's not because I'm a regular taker of Fox <laughs> News. It's just, it just happened to be where the link uh, uh, took me to today. But this story has been all over the place. You understand how these work, right? These are the ones. Uh, you should probably remind me. Yeah, so these I'm are the ones where I lay it out, mm-hmm. but I leave a lot of things blank, and you have to okay. guess what the blanks are. I gotta write this stuff Remember, down. These are sure. odd but cheeky news stories. These are odd here. I've got a. You're gonna write it down right there. No, okay, you, you, perfect. Well, you can do it on that's a, that's the one. I don't need perfect. That. So you can have that piece of paper. All right. Um, uh, 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 man who was previously blanked. Mm. To two blanks, so it's actually two words, blank blanks. It was previously blank, blanked to two, T-W-O, mm-hmm. blank blanks. So the first, the second one has an S at the end of it. Okay. Blank blanks is now open to blanking blanks. Interesting. Okay. All right. Man who was previously blanked man to two blank blanks <laughs> is now open to blanking blanks that first word uh, tied nope he was not tied no but th- th- ideally this is like a mad lib i got to go all the way through you go all the That's way through right. as okay. absurd as it is oof man um, as absurd as whatever you come <laughs> up with is you try to go with it and try to make it all work in the form of a mad lib okay um Man who has previously drawn to two mattresses, uh, two hard mattresses, okay, is now open. So to remember, that the first blank is an ed at the end. Oh, ed blanked is what, blanked. Oh, okay, man got it. Man who was previously blanked to two blank blanks is now open to blanking. So an ing blanks. Hmm, man. Um, man who was previously. Yeah, uh, wow. What is a word here? Um, stoned. Okay. Man who was previously stoned 
two. Two, two. Uh, yeah. Women's Friends. Okay, I'm not sure how that works. I don't know either, but we'll just figure it out. Is now open to other drugs. Okay, yeah, (laughs) all right. I have no idea how any of those things are related, but we'll roll with it. Um, uh, Give me a number one to five. Uh, Three. Three. Dolls. Dolls. Dolls is the third third, one. Okay, okay. Dolls. That's kind of creepy, honestly. I don't know where this is going. Yep. Uh... Man. Remember, they're bizarre, but typically cheeky. Nobody's getting hurt in these processes. Man who was previously seriously hurt. Yeah, right. Um, man who was previously wasn't tied. Mm, connected. Okay. To two pink dolls. Okay. Is now open to blue dolls. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> doesn't okay. make a lot of sense, but well, again, there's ing. You're missing. This is the, how the this is how the mind of Zach. You're works. missing the ing there. Oh, we got another. There. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Give me a number one to four. The blanking. Uh, we'll go with one. The, we'll go with one. One. Yeah. Married. Married. Oh, okay. Okay. Married. This should help. Okay. Um, man who was previously married to two gay dolls. Okay. Is now open to straight dolls. Again, you're missing the ing. ing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The yeah, ing yeah. is on the last word. Yeah. I should really no, write no, this down. It's the, it's the, blank, the blanking blanks. Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, blanking blanks. Writing down things down would help. Yeah. Um, is now open to kissing women. I, boy. K- kissing has to be right there. Talking- I mean, I mean you're, you're dancing right on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to go ahead and give you the story. Uh, this is actually from the New York Post. It's not from Fox News. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Kazakhstani bodybuilder oh. who the man. By the way, it's who the man who was previously married to two sex dolls. Oh, is now open to dating humans. I was right there. R- really humans. right there. A Kazakhstani bodybuilder who wed his sex doll after a whirlwind romance is open to dating a human on one condition. Big news. They like his silicone soulmates as well. They have to also be into mm. that. Yeah. yeah. Well. He dropped the bombshell on the UK based The Dating Show. Uh, I was in a real quote. I was in a real relationship in the past, about seven years. Unquote said Yuri Tola- Tolachko, who infamously married his sex doll Margot in November after <laughs> dating her for eight months. A self-professed pansexual, Yikes. Tolachko can this reportedly love every love anything from an image to a soul. But it's an inanimate I, doll. Nonetheless, quote, it's interesting and important for me, and in the future, maybe I will have a real person. But it's important that she or he likes my dolls Yikes. too. Yikes. Unquote. The muscle man. Said. I mean, there's someone out there for everyone, right? There's you know got to be someone You'd who like likes these hope. dolls. You'd yeah. Like but that whole story is. is a uh, is a yikes. Bizarre as f. All right, that was our uh, finish. This for today, and yes, it was exactly as bizarre as uh, I was led to believe. All right. Um, if you missed it uh, last night, Stan the Fan, Gary Stein, we're talking horse racing. The Belmont is Saturday. They ch- caught up with Gabby Gaudet. It's available right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com. As always, Stan the Fan shows brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. It's time for us to make our weekly trip down to Bowie to catch up with a member of the Bay Sox, one of the uh, top prospects in the Orioles system, a man who came over a year ago and is off to a great start this season. It's a pleasure to welcome Taryn Vavra into GCR. Taryn, it's Glenn and Zach in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, dude. Taryn, I got, I got a lot of stuff for you today, but I want to start somewhere. We know you're a Minnesota guy. 
I saw on your Twitter you were retweeting Rashad Bateman. Is, is there any relationship there with at all, or is it just like he's a guy that I've rooted for and I'm stoked that we end up in the same city at the same time? You know, actually, there uh, there is a pretty recent relationship there. Uh, he uh, was training with, with me uh, for a while. Wow. Um, through, through COVID, um, actually. Um, I believe uh, when he originally pulled out from um, – from the college season he was training at the same spot as me um i think his agent had a connection there and uh, it was it was fun getting to know him and getting to talk a little bit he's from uh you know around the same area of dl uh hall so we we made some connections Dude. there and uh, it was it was fun getting to talk to him how cool is that man like how stoked were you when you found out that the ravens had drafted him yeah, I mean, selfishly, I'm a Packer fan, so I'm oh, hoping that he's going to fall. Oh, to, oh fall so you're really Packers, pissed because the Ravens probably took him right out from <laughs> under. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, I, I mean, I know that he's going to, you know, embrace the city of Baltimore and he's going to represent uh, the Ravens pretty well. That's a really and, good... uh, he's a, he's a really talented player and a really great person, so I'm I'm happy for him and hopefully uh, our paths cross uh, again too. That's really cool. I was actually, you know, might you might have just handled the next thing I was going to ask, which what's something that that Ravens fans need to know about him that you got to know from the time that you spent around him? Well, I just I think you should be pretty excited because uh he's he's a, he's a freak. Um uh, athletically, uh, everything's so smooth uh, the way he you know can get in and out of breaks. I mean, I watched him you know, in a in a short amount, in a in a limited space, and uh, it was it was pretty fun to watch. That's so, cool, man. Uh, I think there's a lot to be excited there. That's really cool, dude. Taryn Vavra with us here on GCR. Um, so so can you put into words what it's like? Is is there any part of you guys right now that's almost like I kind of don't want any of us to get caught up right now because this might be the best baseball team in the history of baseball the way that you guys have been playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, it's fun to be a part of. I think you know if you look at our our squad from top to bottom, uh, there's a lot of talented guys and, um, you know, it's a different person every night. And, uh, the fact that we're able to, you know, be together and experience this winning, I think is, uh, is, is going to help us in the long run. Obviously kind of a crazy year for you. You know, you referenced what was going on during COVID and then a, a serious change in your professional life. Um, take me through what the last year was like leading up to this season and 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 where your confidence was coming into this season, sort of, you know, not being able to play this the baseball the same way that you had been used to, and on top of that, being in a new place. Yeah, I think it's been uh, there's been you know like every every season, there's been there's ups and downs, and uh, there's been a lot of unanswered questions uh, through throughout COVID, and so that was the toughest part is just trying to uh, stay ready and stay focused, uh, even though you didn't know when the next time you're going to step on a baseball field. And so now uh, just trying to go out and uh, embrace each opportunity and, and make the most of it. And um, I think uh, everyone's starting to kind of get in the back into the swing of things. So it's been, it's been fun. What, what personally has been the thing that you've been most proud of, you know, as the season's got underway, you know, obviously you're, you're hitting well, the team's winning, but what's maybe something that you focused on during that time away from organized baseball that you were really happy about when, when you saw it maybe come to fruition? Well, I think the biggest um, kind of uncertainty for me was when I got traded was just uh, I was leaving a lot of relationships uh, with teammates and coaches behind uh, with the Rockies, and I didn't know uh, what that was going to look like uh, originally with the Orioles. But uh, lately it's been it's been great getting to kind of build these new relationships, and, uh, and uh, there's been guys that have welcomed me into the organization uh, better than I could ever imagine. So I think that's been something that I've been focusing on this year is just keep trying to, you know, build rapport with all these guys and, um, 
hopefully that we get to go and win the championship soon. Taryn, I'm curious to know um, how things have changed analytically since you've been with the Rockies now to the Orioles. The Orioles are kind of known now for their analytical approach to everything. How much have things changed for you specifically with analytics and everything the Orioles team has brought to to your game? Well, I think a lot of the analytics uh, are out of our control, so to speak. I think a lot of that is um, the people above us making decisions based on, on the information that they have. And, and they have some really smart people doing great jobs. Um, of doing things like getting us into proper positioning on defense and uh, and learning how how to attack pitchers better um, and vice versa. So I think that a lot of the decisions have been made above us, and we're just kind of reaping the benefits of it. Terry Vavra from the Bowie Bay Sox with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, Prince George's Stadium is open for you to get down and check out the Bay Sox. You can get thebaysox.com, and boy, has there never been a better time to be checking out the Bay Sox because the excitement surrounding this team is kind of ridiculous. You know, Taryn, do you do you feel that? Do you feel like kind of how unique this situation is for? It, it's not just that you guys are winning, but everybody that's there. And maybe you know, did you feel some of this when you came over in the midst of a rebuild? How important um, this group of guys is to this franchise as a whole, to this fan base. Are you feeling some like electricity that maybe is a little bit different than any place that you've been before? Absolutely. I, I don't think there's ever been a time where. Uh, I've stepped out on a baseball field uh, expecting to win as much as I as I do right now, and I think that's uh, that's something that you know it's a testament to all the guys uh, in the locker room, and uh, it's fun to be a part of. We got a great coaching staff here that uh, pushes us to keep getting better, and um, ultimately, at the end of the day, that's all you can ask for. The 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 uh, the guys that you're surrounded by that that are I, I've heard they're a little bit hyped. Um, I think people are a bit excited about seeing uh, Grayson Rodriguez, for example, pitch last night. Um, how impressed were you by Grayson, and 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 you know how excited has it been, knowing how interested everybody is? I mean, Grayson's a, a young kid, and um, you know, last night was his first start at an advanced level, and he had no sort, just no sign of you know nerves or anything. He he went out there, and he he was a complete professional, and uh, I expect nothing less from him. I mean, he's just been a, a workhorse. Uh, I've seen it, you know, in the, in the alternate site when that. I got moved over. I was able to see him. I saw him in 2019. Had to face him uh, when I was with the Rockies, and I, I know how talented he is. And uh, I, I don't expect anything less than that from from any of the guys that step on the mound. They, they're all uh, major competitors, and uh, that's that's what we got on this team. You, have you ever hit a ball in your life as far as Newstrom hit the one yesterday? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, like, holy crap! I still can't believe that. Did you? So t- take me through, like, we're, 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 as you're watching that. Did did you like know right off the bat? Holy s! This ball is flying into the city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think everyone in the dugout, um, as soon as he made contact, was just gonna just trying to see if uh, if it was gonna make it out of the stadium or not. And it and it long went out of the stadium. By, by far, dude. It was unbelievable yeah. <laughs> how far that ball traveled. That thing was crazy. I, the, the weird nature of you guys playing like six straight games against the same team. Like, I, it's, it's nothing like we've ever seen before. How kind of odd is it? Does, it? does it create more hostility? Do you find yourself by like day four like, oh god, we might end up getting into a fight with these guys. Is there any more of that that exists because you're playing these long series against the same guys? Um, maybe, maybe on the other side, um, for the, for the guys that have to play against us just because, uh, <laughs> they're getting their butts kicked. Beating on them. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, uh, no, not, not for us. I mean, 
There, there is going to be that. I'm sure there's going to be a time come where frustration sets in uh, against a certain team. Um, but the six games, I think it has its pros and cons. I think it eventually balances itself out. Pitchers get a feel of the hitters they're facing and vice versa. So um, I think I think it all balances out. It's a little different. Uh, it can be a little bit uh, um, hard to get up for for those last you know couple games. It feels like you played the same team for a long time, but. Um, I think that it's, you know, across the board, it evens itself out, and there's no really competitive advantage at all. Taryn, you're, you're a baseball lifer, right? Was, was there, growing up, the, the son of your father, and I know your brother's a bit, like, was, was there any thought for you at any point in your life other than playing baseball? Uh, I think, um, you know, my dad being around the game, my brothers being uh, around the game, definitely pushed me towards, uh, towards the game. Um, but I, I did like playing hockey. Okay. Uh, I played football up until high school. I played hockey all the way through. Um, that was kind of my sports were baseball and hockey, and, and I really appreciated my uh, you know hockey experiences. So I, I think that baseball was, was where I was going to end up kind of regardless just because I, I was surrounded by it. But, um, yeah, I definitely, definitely – uh, it, don't take it for granted. That's for sure. What 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 was the what's the best advice you've ever gotten from your dad? What what's the, you know, what's the thing that stayed with you every day as you've made this journey into your own professional career? Oh man, there's so many, but I think just the way he kind of always you know brought me around the game and just let me watch and kind of let me learn on my own. I really appreciated that. He was never someone that you know tried to overload me with information and and uh, you know try to tell me how to do things. He would just tell me to watch and try to learn on my own. And I think that's something that uh, I'm pretty grateful for. What, who's the? Who are the guys? Like I'm, I'm trying to think of like what what a cool story it must have been for you. Did did you legitimately have like friends growing up when you were a kid, and all the other kids that you went to school with were like you know rooting for teams? Did you like legitimately have friends that were players? And you're like I can call up Tory Hunter and you know like did you have any of that going on? Did you have any of those relationships? Definitely had had some good relationships. Um, you know, you look back, my dad was fortunate to coach some great players that were that were also great people. And they treated me well when I was in the clubhouse. Uh, guys like Maurer, uh, Joe That's Maurer cool. and Justin Morneau, Michael Kadire, Jim Tomey when he was with the Twins, all those guys, Torrey Hunter, absolutely. Um, yeah, they, they treated me well. And, uh, you know, still still to this day, keeping keep in contact with a few of those guys. That's so awesome, that man. Means, yeah, it means a lot to me, and I know it means a lot to my dad as well. Dude, that's such a cool, like, I mean, it's it's got to be invaluable, right? Like, there's got to be, when when you're making this jump, to have, like, resources like that, that, you know, the average person maybe doesn't have to fall back on, that's got to be invaluable to you, right? It's... Absolutely, yeah. You, you can't really describe what that means, uh, you know, when you get a text from one of those guys, uh, you know, after you get drafted, or um, when I got traded, uh, it, it meant the world, um, just, to, you know, for guys that have went through it and uh, you know been on that big stage and and uh, to be able to kind of you know find comfort in that has been awesome as well that's cool man that's really really cool uh, wrapping up Taryn Vavra is with us as we made our weekly trip down to Bowie to chat with the Bay Sox uh Taryn can you or can you not confirm I don't know if you guys have had him do it or not uh can you confirm that Adley Rutschman actually walks on water like have we <laughs> have we actually seen that occur well I can tell you this is uh you know his model of bats um it's kind of a, a custom model, and when everyone uh, everyone picks up his his bat, we call it the God model. So, uh, 
It just feels good anytime you put it in your hand, no matter who you are. That's it could be a left-handed pitcher that picks it up, and, and it feels like you could hit 310 with it. Do you ever like purposely try to use his bat? Like, hey, man, I, I, I broke a bat. I need to go pick up the God model. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I haven't tried to yet, but, uh, you know. Uh, I might get to that point at some point. Um, you came over with, with Tyler Nevin, and I saw you were really excited when he got the call up. Obviously, there's some similarity there, right? With um, you know, with with him also being the the the, the son of a of a baseball lifer too, right? Um, did you guys like? Did you have a bit of a relationship the two of you? And what did it mean to you to see him get the chance? Yeah, so he was always a, you know a couple levels ahead with the Rockies. Um, he got into the organization a few years before I did. And, uh, but yeah, we do have a lot of, lot in common. Uh, we did have a relationship while we were with the Rockies. Um, but once we got traded, I mean, we came right to the alternate site together and to be able to have someone to lean on and ask questions with and kind of compare notes based on, you know, our experiences, uh, it was, it was, you know, really invaluable. And, um, I'm definitely glad that, uh, we were able to go through it together because it, it has you know, sparked a, a pretty nice relationship. That's really cool. That's really cool. All right, and then I leave you with this: uh, we don't hear any accent at all anymore. Like I, I, I was expecting to hear. Is is that just something? Did you never have a Midwestern accent at all, or did it kind of go away in the years that you started in the Rockies system? Like I would think that a kid, you know, from the part of the world that you were from, you know, we would we would hear like a "Don't you know?" or so. I, I, I half imagine that it would sound like an episode of Fargo. <laughs> well. Uh, maybe I have done a good job, uh, you know, scripting my dialogue away from the O's and A's, but, um, yeah, I think there is a little bit of accent there. If you get to be around me a little bit, you might get to, uh, experience that. All right. All right. Uh, we, 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 we will look forward to that in the years to come. Taryn Vavra, the Bowie Bay Sox are, are, they're on the road, uh, this week and next week. They're back on June 15th when they'll welcome, uh, Akron for Koozie Tuesday, you can get right now to BaySox.com to get your tickets uh, as the Bay Sox are literally the best team in all of baseball and are extraordinarily exciting. You need to go check them out. Uh, Taryn, where can people be following you social media-wise? Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Where should Orioles fans be giving you a follow? Yeah, I think Taryn Vavra, too, at, at uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, is a good place to start. Uh, that would be a great place to go. Give him a follow right now. I'm going to click follow because I'm an idiot for not doing that before today, and I apologize <laughs> for that. Terry no Robert, uh, really appreciate taking the time, man. Um, a very, I, I did not know anything about the Rashad Bateman story. That's a really cool – I think Baltimore sports fans are going to love that story, man. Um, appreciate you joining us. Continued success to you, the entire team. Can't wait to see as you get up here towards Baltimore. Thanks for taking the time for us. Hey, thanks for having me on. All the best. Taryn Vavra, uh, top prospect in the Orioles system, Bowie Bay Sox second baseman. Off to a great start to the year. Uh, really, truly appreciate him taking the time for us uh, this morning here on GCR. Um, and again, go check out the Bay Sox. My God, could there be a more exciting product for you to be watching You know, than Adley and now Grayson and DL and all of those guys? Unbelievable team right now, that group of guys. Uh, and so uh, get out to check out the Bay Sox. Appreciate Taryn Vavra taking the time for us this morning. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by our friends at, who does I owe this one to? I owe it to Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. When we come back in, we will uh, get wind down. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular to wrap it up for a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. 
Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports sports and social maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at live casino and hotel they take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100 foot media wall 47 foot big screen 40 hd tvs extensive beer selection big eats in venue gaming bowling and more the perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers they're raising the sports bar at sports and social maryland come see for yourself Book your table at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. 
All right, back in here in GCR. Thanks again to Taryn Vavra for checking in with us. Appreciate him doing that. We are winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. It's also been brought to you by Window Nation, where they have an amazing offer for you, 50% off all styles of windows, plus no money down, no payments, and no interest for two full years, 24 whole months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Um, uh, this is from Ryan. Ryan says, uh, Glenn, well, for as many times as you said weasel, I feel as though you left out the most important characteristic about Mike Shevsky, which is narcissist. I feel like I brought that up at some point. Uh, of course, he's doing a year-long retirement tour to make everything about himself instead of just retiring the way that Roy Williams did. I, I don't I mean, look. Some people decide to do this. I mean, Cal Ripken decided earlier in the season he was retiring at the end of the year. Not everyone mm-hmm. does it the exact same way. Am I? I don't. I don't know that I hold it against him. Do I think that Mike Shashevsky, knowing everything we about we know about him, probably is looking forward to being uh, fatayed during that? The course is that how you say that? What's the, the faded? Faded is that how you would say that? Um, during the course of the year, yeah. I absolutely think that he will enjoy every little bit of that, especially after, you know, his team stunk this year. And, like, now it kind of makes him bulletproof. If they're not very good, it's irrelevant because it's really just all about him. So either they're really good this year or, who cares, this is all about celebrating Mike Krzyzewski. So in my gut, do I think that? Yes, 100%. Do I think that um, he's been a narcissist? 1,000%. I think that's absolutely the case. But again, as, as I just said about someone being a weasel, a lot of people would tell you that some of the people that are the most successful are also insane narcissists. There is no doubt about that either. So it's kind of what it is. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by a Tucker Fest coming up June 27th at Jerry's Toyota. Can't wait for this event. It is a free family fun event. It is going to be a day for you to put your purple on, come out, hang out, enjoy some live music. Joey Harcum, Dave T. from Laughing Colors, uh, as well as the Dunk Tank. Jeremy Kahn's hopping in that thing. Uh, there will be the Cornhole Tournament, food trucks, other vendors. It's just going to be a day to hang out, put your purple on, hang out with other Baltimore football fans. But as if that wasn't enough, you'll also be able to meet the legend, the man himself, Justin Tucker, We'll be there. You need to get your picture, your meet and greet passes. They're 50 bucks. You go right now to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. You get those meet and greet passes. Money goes to benefit the Brigance Brigade, which is awesome. Tucker Fest, what a day it's going to be. Can't wait to be there June 27th for Tucker Fest. Again, great8smemorabilia.com with the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. Zach Goodman, what do you got? All right, so we talked about it already in the show a little bit, um, but Robert Newstrom, yes, 476 feet. That seems good. On that home run out of Dunkin' Donuts Park there in Hartford. Um, this would have hit the warehouse. This is my tidbit for the day. This ball would have hit the warehouse on if the fly. he were pl- on the f- in the fl- on the fly. Uh, if he were playing in Camden Yards, which obviously he wasn't, but you never know. We look forward to the day where that might be the case. Griffey in the in the home yes. run derby, 465 feet. Yep. This one was 476. So that would have made Robert Newstrom the first player in history to hit it on the fly in an actual game. Obviously, Griffey's was in the home run derby, but how incredible is that? Maybe right. when Robert Newstrom is a major league player, and he I mean, he will here, have to face probably a little bit uh, better pitching, a little bit but, better, uh, sure. But yeah, I mean. 
there's there's that possibility. I mean, hitting the warehouse is something I, I, I always I remember. In, of course, I'm gonna have to say I remember in 1992. So this is gonna predate you. There was this thought that all season, like all season long, every team that came to town, <laughs> we were like, oh, who might be able to hit? Who might be able yeah. to hit the warehouse? And this, like, not realizing just how insane the yeah. prospect of a major league baseball player hitting a major league baseball pitch. That yep. far to right field really would be. Nobody really did the math on this. Ain't going to happen. Um, the Utah Street thing was about as all as we could have. But for like yeah. the entire first season that the stadium was open, every series there was the might it be this guy, might it be that guy sure. that's going to be the first to hit the warehouse, and it was absurd that we were having those conversations. I mean, if but I would still uh, like to see it occur. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, it would be you know, it's the sort of the white whale. We've kind of given up on it. We've been like, man, eh, it's never going to happen. <laughs> right. I mean, it will probably at some point. You would have to assume. I don't know. Um, I, I always, I always thought it was going to be Chris Davis. I mean, if there was anyone who was going to, I do hear you. I mean, I it, it makes a lot of sense that it would have been Chris Davis, yeah. and it sort of goes to show you just how just how impossible this thing is. Yes. That you had that powerful of a guy that swung the right way and yet could not right. do it. So I mean, DJ Stewart is a guy you never know. He's got he, a powerful uh, swing. When he does hit the ball, he hits it far. Yes, he does. So, That's a good point. All right, the trivia for the day. I, I told Glenn yes. in the break, this one might be a little bit hard, uh, but I, th- I I don't know if Kyle's already done this one either because I you know I haven't listened to every single show here. Oh, but Shame on you. Since there has been... Since there has been a lot of no-hitters this year, um, an obscene amount of no-hitters, already six. six on the year, um, I wanted to ask you, Glenn, who is the only pitcher to throw back-to-back no-hitters? Oh, damn it. I do know. I, you do know. It, well, it came up. Uh, this has come John, up before. Okay. After okay. John Means threw the no-hitter. That's we, unfortunate. Oh, God. But now I'm forgetting who it was is the problem. It was uh, 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 Johnny Johnny Vandermeer, this right? Is that's the look, one, look Johnny Vandermeer, look right? Yes, it was Johnny Vandermeer. Look right. at this guy; that's okay. incredible. Um, no, but I only if if John if uh-huh. it came up because Must have, yeah. but it wasn't even on the show. It was like you know RDT or somebody was tweeting about it. Got it. Um, after John when John Means was making his next start, like now Johnny Means is going to join John Vandermeer, and I don't know if it was Eric. It was there were other <laughs> Orioles right. fans that were tweeting about the idea. That's the only reason why. If, if John I, Means had not thrown a no-hitter this year, I might no have way. to go a little harder next time. I don't know. Well, that, I mean, that's also a very specific one. Like, sure is. the it only sure person is. ever yes. that's ever done something that, that's famous. It's like it, a lot of people know who the – do you know who the only – well, you are not. You don't care about college football. Do you know who the only person is that's won back-to-back Heisman trophies? Ooh. You don't. No. Yeah, I, 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 you, I don't know. know. I mean, I know a lot of the recent Heisman Trophy yep. winners. But, but you, like, don't, you don't. It's, it's, how, you this gotta, was probably you know, you go back a, a long time Archie ago. Griffin. Yeah. Archie Griffin okay, from yeah. Ohio State is no. the only person that won back-to-back Ohio, uh, Heisman Trophy. But it's just sort of a common thing that a lot of people know, That, but it's very specific. You can't name every Heisman Trophy winner, but you know that. How many baseball fans before all of these no-hitters this year have heard of Johnny Vandermeer? Well, it's come up before. When, and it, whenever I'm, We didn't know about it because the Orioles hadn't thrown a no-hitter. Yeah. But I'm guessing this happens in every town mm-hmm. when a pitcher throws a no-hitter. You say, sure. will he join Johnny Vandermeer as the only pitcher to throw back-to-back no-hitters? It comes up in that reference. He's only relevant in these these circumstances. Otherwise, no, nobody's talking about Johnny Vandermeer whatsoever. That is truly incredible, I could not though. tell you a single other thing about Johnny Vandermeer. Yeah, I actually have his career stats right ah. here. Um, on, his, on, on his career, 13 years, um, he played 11 of them with Cincinnati, one of them with Cleveland, and one of them with Chicago. Okay. Um, in his career, he was 119 and 121. 
So a lot of a lot of win, you know, a lot it was of one a games. Four-time All Star. Four-time All Star, right? Uh, left in 1944 and 1945 to fight in World War II, yep. which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, won 18 games in 1942. Pretty really solid uh, pitch. He only made one start in Cleveland, and it was disastrous. Three, three it was three disastrous. Eight, 18 ERA in his yeah, Cleveland career. That ain't great. <laughs> that ain't great. Uh, Not great, but hey, Johnny Vandermeer back-to-back no hitters, uh, which is just ridiculous. Tid- Honestly, it's there- never going to happen again. No, there's no doubt about that. Tidbit was also brought to you today by the print issue of Pressbox because we're talking about John Means. There you go, right there on the cover of Pressbox, you find the aforementioned John Means. Go pick it up for free today at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. Today's show is also brought to you by C3, uh, and, and Tubular is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repair for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for your free analysis. Here's what's coming up this evening. The Orioles are off, and so maybe enjoy some NBA basketball. That's what I'll be doing. The Suns and Lakers very important in mm-hmm. my life as the Suns try to close out the Lakers night game six. That's the late game on TNT, 10.30. Before that, Nuggets-Blazers game six at eight, and I will not be betting that game ever again. I lost a lot of money on the Nuggets and Blazers in the last two weeks. Thanks a lot, Jeremy. Jeremy makes a lot of good picks too i'm not I'm he, not he actually, certainly does i make this very clear i'm not actually mad at jeremy because some of you are idiots and get actually mad <laughs> uh u.s men in action tonight's uh concacaf nations league they take on Honduras at 7 30 on cbs sports network and then uh, cbssn has the chicago sky and phoenix mercury at 10 nbcsn bruins islanders game three at 7 30 the usa network for hurricanes lightning game three at eight Tennis Channel, French Open coverage continues. Roger Federer and Marin Cilic tied up at a set apiece. They're in a third set tiebreak right now. So that's, look, I mean, there was not a lot of expectations for Federer. He hasn't played a whole lot. You know, he's about to be 40. This is not yeah. his best surface, although he's probably one of the greatest clay court players of all time. It's still not his best surface. Not a lot of expectations for him in this tournament. Golf Channel, uh, round one of the Memorial at three, and then round one of the U.S. Women's Open at seven. WWE Network for NXT UK at three, and then uh, Access TV for Impact Wrestling at eight. Some non-sports highlights? I do have a few. Okay. Um, it changes us around a little bit this time. I've got TV channels Ooh, this time you. for you. The show Manifest, which, by the way, is an incredible show. It's I am, on I'm not familiar. 8 p.m. on NBC. What uh, is it? Th- okay, so it's about these guys uh, who are on a plane, and their plane disappears, and they come back five years later, essentially. It's almost like a lost scenario. I was say, isn't that lost? Bit. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit of a lost scenario, but it is a very good show if you well, haven't checked that out. Okay. Uh, next up, I have the United States of AI, which is apparently a very popular show at 8.30 so. on CBS. It means nothing to me. Um, and then a Rotten Tomatoes 100% show here. Uh, I saw this on, on Rotten Tomatoes that 100% is Hacks. will be on HBO Max tonight, a new episode of Hacks. Not a lot of great Thursday night TV, but Manifest, definitely check that all out right. if you haven't. All right. Um, that's, that's all I've got and for you. Not, a, not a lot of... A lot of Primetime shows on tonight, but that's hey. fine. Um, that's not bad. Kyle also likes to check to see who's on all the late night shows, who the guests are on the late night shows, see if there's anybody yeah, that's, that's particularly a, that's interesting. I, I, it's, it's not. It's not. It's. Don't worry too much about it. We are going to do a bit tomorrow, though, that I want you to prepare for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do a bit tomorrow. I did this with Bobby Trossett when he was in one day. We're going to do uh, how you, you. It goes both ways. I'm going to how your age is twenty. Twenty. Yeah. I'm thirty-seven. Uh huh. So we're going to play – the bit is called How Old Are You? How Young Are You? Okay. I'm going to come up with like 10 things that I think are really significant that I'm going to see if you have any idea what they are. 
I, I will probably be decent. You're, in this game. you're going to do it, but you're going to do it the other way. You're going to prepare okay. ten things that you think matter to young. That are a big deal to young people. You have kids. This should and be too hard. Well, I'm not asking for like this isn't Paw Patrol. I mean, people <laughs> around yeah. like your age, okay. like in that whatever that you know the the 18 to 25 mm. year olds that are really big deal for people of that age, and see if I have any idea what they are. I'm going to ask you about. Whether it be it pop culture, be it technology, okay. whatever it is, I'm going to ask you about things that are a big deal to people of my age and see if you have any idea what they are. We call it how old are you, how young are you. That we're gonna do that bit tomorrow. So prepare ten. Okay. Ten a list of ten things. Wow. Okay. Significant to younger people. Te- you know, again, pop culture, technology, sp- whatever it is, something that young people know about and are all about. And I may or may not have any idea what it is. I feel like you're a pretty tapped-in guy. Like not you, at all. Not really? remotely. No. It, it okay. happened in the last right. five years. In the last five years, I went from being very tapped in okay. to having no clue. I could not tell you. Like It used to be that I could tell you what the number one song in the country was. What, I could tell you everything. I, don't, I, don't, I couldn't. Right so, now. So this is a smartphone right here. Yeah, thank uh. you. Okay. <laughs> now, we're not like, like settled. I'm talking about like uh, hashtags. You know, Things that everybody is aware of that I'd be okay. like, I don't know. Like I know about Dogecoin, so don't put that on mm-hmm. the list. Okay. Like I'm familiar with Dogecoin, but other things, and I'm gonna you're gonna see if I know what they are. All right, looking That's forward to it. Bit. We'll do that tomorrow. Um, thanks today to uh, Taryn Vavra. Thanks also today to uh, Maryland baseball coach Rob Vaughn. We'll get those up in the greatest hits section of the archives. You can put more gusto in not that. Tw- not terrible. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Coming up on the program tomorrow, we will do our weekly MLB draft segment. I, I'm still nailing down who it's going to be, but we will do that tomorrow. Also, my buddy Greg Rosenthal uh, from NFL Network is going to check in with us. He and I are doing a, a tennis podcast right now called Only Slams. Uh, if you want to check that out, uh, we got two episodes up so far through the French. You can find it. I've, I've, ta- I've pinned it on my Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio. You can find uh, the video and the audio for Only Slams which is the uh, tennis podcast that Greg and I are doing. We'll talk a little bit of tennis. We will also talk about the Ravens because apparently people care more about that around here, and so we'll do some of that as well. And, of course, as always, stuff and things. We do that uh, every day here on GCR. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms. What are you asking me if I've done? We do have one more Exxon. Nope, I did that one. Oh, okay. You just missed it. It's okay. I'll tell you when it was. Um, uh, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social Maryland, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to uh, Zach Goodman. Follow him on Twitter. At OriolesFan68. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, sad lonely man. Follow him on Twitter, at at K. Ottenheimer. Follow us, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Uh, Go Suns. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.